Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. All right. Oops, and my phone going too early. Sorry about that. <laughs> a little, little chuckle there. Um, okay, so this is going to be an interesting day. I've, I've been formulating a theory for the last, uh, I don't know, 24 hours. <laughs> I listened to the entire statement of uh, James O'Keefe at uh, Project Veritas, and I'm convinced. Uh, I was convinced before, but I'm really convinced now. Uh, hence the title of the show, Did Pfizer and Brandon Remove James O'Keefe from Project Veritas? And so my contention is yes, <laughs> between the FBI rides, uh, raid, excuse me, uh, the fact that um, James O'Keefe quoted one of his folks that said that, you know, there's a raise for anybody that uh, votes to get rid of James O'Keefe from the board. I mean, it's a, he's got the screenshot, he's got the proof. So it's just a question of who, you know, did this. And I just have to find the members of the board. And that's my big problem right now. I can't find the members of the, the board. Uh, I've asked Jonathan Mosley, our, our legal reporter and uh, criminal defense attorney, to, to help me out. He's Washington guru. He knows all the stuff that goes on in the swamp. And I'm trying to find out who these people are. Of course, then I have to find out who they are and what they do and, you know, who's most likely to be bribed or extorted or both by the FBI. So anyway, let's get to Brianna Cannon and our, and our government inquiry report. And that's, of course, my first question for her. And who knows what, uh, what she is bringing to us. Um, that's the nice thing about being a reporter here is I don't, I don't demand that people, you know, follow my suggestions. I kind of like the things that people bring to the show, but I always have my own ideas anyway. <laughs> it's kind of an interesting balance. All right, let's get going. She started as a guest on Action Radio, courtesy of our Constitution reporter, Amber Kemper. Both Brianna and Amber are graduates of Patriot Academy, a place where young folks get to practice writing and advocating legislation and being legislators in a mock session. Brianna immediately impressed all of us as someone we wanted on the show with her own report. With an insightful mind, asking and taking on complex questions, and a growing skill in sarcasm and satire, plus her study of government, history, the Constitution, and our founding, all of her skills and knowledge combine into something pretty incredible here on Action Radio. And now, the Government Inquiry Report with Brianna Cannon. Yeah, one of my favorite reports of the week. We have such a good time talking about all this stuff. Okay, Brianna, what's your take? <laughs> Who do you think did it? What happened? What happened to Project Veritas? Um, I don't know. <laughs> that's a good answer. Okay, that's fair enough. Do you know about Project Veritas? I haven't. Do you know what they do? I mean, I heard about, I heard about, oh, yeah, I didn't know what they do. Um, I heard about at first saying that he was, like, stepping down and retiring, and then I heard about him saying that, you know, he, he was um, uh, forced out of his position. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, other than that, I haven't looked into it. Oh, okay. Well, hopefully, uh, you, we'll see if I can pique your curiosity today and you can tell me more what you think next week. Project Veritas. Uh, Veritas is Latin for truth. And so what they tried to do is, and they, they got started with a thing called ACORN. ACORN was a, uh, a community uh, activist group of people. Basically, it was you know, ballot harvesting, vote cheating, uh, spending all kinds of government money corruptly. They're a pretty terrible organization. But they had the backing of Obama and they had the backing of Democrats. And so Project Veritas goes in uh, undercover. It was James O'Keefe, and I think he had a, a woman with him. They're, they're uh, you know, posing as a couple, and I think they were trying to do 
some kind of art stuff and they want to know how to cheat on their taxes. <laughs> so the, the acorn person says, well, here's how you do it. You know, you start a business at home, you use a, this schedule and you know, the details of exactly. And you claim that you're, you know, this thing. And, and it basically spelled, and this was all recorded on, on video, right? Because they all had hidden cameras. And so the, the problem with, with Project Veritas has always been that they do their stuff secretly. See, reporters are supposed to disclose that they're reporters. So I've always had a problem with it, but I've always liked the results. So it's, it's one of my, my few, uh, um, I guess, delvings in hypocrisy because it's really interesting to find out what they find out because I don't think you find out any other way. Um, but, and they're, they're getting people at their jobs and they're getting people in public. I don't see that they're not in their homes. They're not, you know, private conversations. These are in the public. So I think there's a legal protection. They're always challenged um, by, by the legal stuff they do. But they did Acorn. Uh, James O'Keefe dressed as Osama bin Laden, <laughs> you know, the one who's uh, allegedly behind 9-11, for those that think that our government wasn't involved, which I do think we were. Anyway, so he gets himself photographed crossing the border from Mexico to the United States as Osama bin Laden. There's no border patrol. There's no nothing, right? So all this stuff goes on. Uh, and the latest one, the big one, is Pfizer. And so he gets a guy from Pfizer um, who then said he was on a date. So uh, it's really interesting because he's talking to a guy. So, uh, you know, that, that the part that he's, he's, you know, not that it makes a big part of the story. This part of the story that's interesting is that it's not being reported. And so that's kind of interesting, too. Anyway, so the, the guy that works for Pfizer, one of the directors, talks about um, changing evolution, changing, uh, mutating the viruses so they're even more dangerous so they can sell more vaccines, right? Because we know they do it. But uh, Project Veritas actually catches people saying what we know they do anyway to prove that we know that we were right. <laughs> and so, because Pfizer is one of the most powerful companies in the world, and the CEO never even took his own vaccine and tried to get into Israel, and he was refused, which is kind of funny actually. I still don't think he ever took it because uh, I've never seen proof that he did. But Project Veritas, uh, they've done a lot of things. They posed as Eric Holder during the Obama administration. He was uh, Attorney General. And in fact, the picture of Eric Holder was right behind the desk of the people who were walking in. He said, I don't have a, an ID. Uh, I, uh, my name is Eric Holder. <laughs> you know, and of course, so he keeps a white guy, right? And so he walks in and they, so they give him a ballot. And he goes, oh, go ahead, just fill this out. We'll make it provisional. You'll be fine. So he's vote cheating, <laughs> you know, false identity, the whole bit. Uh, it's a fascinating organization. But anyway, that's, that's who they are. And so the situation is that the board of directors kicked him off. Now, my question is, who is the board of directors? Did somebody get, well, let's let me add it this way. Who got to them? You know, was it Pfizer? Was it uh, Brandon's FBI who raided James O'Keefe several times? Was it both? Were they threatening raids on the board of directors? You know, what, uh, why did he resign? He didn't want to, what, you know, Project Veritas is nothing without James O'Keefe. Nothing. It's like the Trump administration without Trump. You think anybody else is going to do what he does? No. He's like one of these one person, you know, things that make something go. If I can be so arrogant, you know, if I left Action Radio, if you all forced me out, well, which you couldn't because we're not a public company, but who would do the show? <laughs> what would it look like or sound like? It wouldn't be Action Radio. So with that note, let me throw all that in your lap and see yeah. what you think. <laughs> <laughs> your turn, Brianna. It is after Yeah, that's point. what a lot of people are saying that, that uh-huh. you know, without him, um, like, where's the truth in it? Yeah. Where's the O'Keefe? You know, the, the, the pride, well, that's the question. Is that the purpose, though, to destroy Project Veritas, which, is, which seems to me what's behind it? What do you think? What did you say? Well, I said, do you think, I mean, I think this is just about destroying Project Veritas. You take away James O'Keefe, there is no Project Veritas. Oh. So then what are you left with? 
you're left with a fundraising organization that, that has no mission and doesn't – then you're left with the NRA, <laughs> you know, a fundraising organization that doesn't do anything. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, obviously, I'm not playing in your ballpark this morning, so let's, uh, let's see what you want to talk about. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pursue more of this as the show goes on. So what's been on your mind? Um, one of the things is the disasters of 2023 that have happened so far. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've um, done uh, one on these before. No, have go you- ahead. Probably, but it, it, oh, okay. it's your report. So I don't mind people reporting the same things because everybody has a different point of view. So what I'm interested in is your point of view. Uh, the events don't change, but how we look at them does. So you're always free to talk about anything that anybody else has talked about simply because you're going to talk about it differently. And this is why you have, you know, talk show hosts all day long covering the same subject, but everybody has a little different uh, interpretation of it. So, so pick the event and tell me what you think. Okay. So, um, some of the ones that I have like remembered and stuff is of course, like the East palace sign one that nobody knows about at this point. Um, that one's gotten a lot of coverage. Um, and then there were some other disasters where there was one in Ohio, like the city like starts with a B. Um, it's not East Palestine. I mean, yeah, there was one in East Palestine, but there was another, um, spot in, uh, something Ohio. Um, and then there was some toxic load, um, and I guess they had some kind of toxic cloud of some sort in mm-hmm. Chicago Heights, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in Florida, they had the big warehouse fire, um, and they had another train derailment in Michigan, and then even Oklahoma had um, a big uh, tank fire. Mm-hmm. But they said that the Oklahoma one was empty, but they were worried about, like, the residue could still um, put harmful chemicals into the air. Um, So basically, I mean, it's very common now. People are talking about all the different disasters and stuff and how a lot of, like, farmland and stuff has had a lot of fires um, and have been destroyed. Uh, There's been a lot of animal deaths. And so something that I found, something that I found, because, you know, um, everybody sees this right now um, happening and people are saying, well, you know, this might be some kind of act for a government controller to destroy our food supply and stuff um, to harm us. And I think all those are on the right lines, but I also found this, and it was about the World Economic Forum. And... um, of course, the World Economic Forum is trying to, you know, have this big globalization, communist effort of controlling everyone. Mm-hmm. So there is this, um, okay, here, I'm just going to tell you what I have um, learned of it. So basically, they're wanting um, 36 countries to have smart city governance, which is a surveillance monitoring analysis reporting technology big thing. Yeah. But, this is going to um, be interesting. Yeah, I'm really curious what you see about this. So I've heard about this. I've looked a little yeah, bit into it, but not a whole lot. So so feel free to take your time and elaborate. Yeah. Yeah, it says um, that they'll have digital ID tracking, like, mm-hmm. consistently. Um, and 
basically it'll track whatever shopping, entertainment, um, anything you do, uh, what your carbon footprint is, like, consistently, like, real time. And then you'll have a 15-minute travel limit if you don't have a specific permit. And if you exceed, like, your time or you exceed anything, you will be denied access to doing daily activities. Um, and so what they're saying is that the they have an agenda 2030, and it's about land development, which I think is what coincides with, like, these disasters. But what I learned is that um, it allows the government to basically, like, end any polluted land. Like, if citizens live in a land, they don't get a choice. Like, if it's polluted and stuff, they will move the residents to a smart city, which is where they have all of this tracking, the smart city governance of the monitoring. And so then I pulled up this um, thing from the United Nations, and it's talking about the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. Have you read it? Heard about it. Haven't read it. So uh, obviously we need to do some several shows on this because 2030 uh, is not that far away. So let's talk about it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty long. I mean, it's got a, a, a lot of paragraphs on here. But I could probably yeah. read like a little bit of it. And, okay. then I, and can, I don't have a great attention um, span, as you know. Send so. it to you. <laughs> I don't read long documents. I get, I get bored by the third paragraph. Your, <laughs> you can put it on your um, uh, your Facebook thing, one of okay. those. Yeah. I don't know which one it would go for. Uh, I have I have a lot, and a lot of times things overlap too. So a lot of times the legal project overlaps with special investigations, overlaps with the, the Trump 2024 uh, and the election integrity. It just depends on what the issue is. The biggest one I've been posting on is this, but there's a, there's a bunch of other stuff. Um, I'm going to comment on what you're saying earlier because I think you're, you're on to something. I've noticed that things seem to go in patterns, and what I don't know is if one disaster leads to the reporting of other disasters because they're all happening at the same time, or are these disasters ongoing and we're not reporting them until one big one comes along and then people notice all the others. So this is, this is the issue I'm having. Like when there were supply chain problems in Los Angeles. You know, the port of Los Angeles was backed up. The ships weren't being unloaded. The containers weren't being put on trucks and trains. And, of course, we all heard were supply chain problems all through the economy. Uh, the next thing was uh, the food processing plants. Uh, an airplane, I think a couple of airplanes ran into, uh, uh, which is hard to do, <laughs> fly into food, food processing plants, which are mostly staffed by illegal aliens, which is kind of interesting. Anyway, so that cut our food supply. And then we heard about that. And then we heard about energy. And then we heard about the, you know, it, was just, it just goes on and on. The latest one are trains. And trains have a problem. I don't think our tracks are as good as they could be. I've reported that the spikes, we only have half the numbers of spikes as European trains, which have, two, which have four spikes, you know, two on each side of the fastener from the rail to the, the tie, which is the wood part. Uh, and we only have one on each side. So they have twice the number of spikes. I think the trains are safer. The tracks don't bend or flex as much in Europe. I've watched the trains. I was there for months. Um, so those kind of things, you know, I sort of start reporting on. And then, of course, balloons. You know, we shoot down one, we've got to shoot down all of them. Well, I haven't heard, you know, there's probably balloons still up there, but you don't hear about it because that was last week's news. So the question is, is it being reported now? And the chicken farms, that was another one too. Chickens were being killed, uh, and then, of course, all the farmland was being brought up. And, and these things seem to run in a series. And then the electric power plants, remember those too. There was, a, there was a time when all we heard about were the substations being attacked. And so I don't know if these are coordinated events that are going amongst different areas of our economy, or does one event lead to, lead to the reporting of other events that are similar because it's hot in the news? I don't know the answer to that. So I just have to kind of throw it out to you. And see I think there's more happening 
I think okay. there's more happening than we're being told or people are finding out or people are reporting on. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot more yeah. people dying these days, too, and they're not saying it's the COVID shot, although we're all convinced it's the COVID shot. So because people didn't die like this. Yeah. You know, especially younger folks did not um, pass away in the numbers they're passing away now. You know, it's almost, we're almost becoming immune to it. It's kind of scary that every day or almost every day I read in the news, somebody, you know, not of, you know, the four score and 10, you know, in other words, 70 years old or the three score and 10, three score and 10. There we go. I get my, my numbers correct. So, you know, once you live to 70, yeah, you've had a pretty good life. Okay. Now I intend to live a lot more. I mean, I got stuff to do, but the point is that a lot of, you know, once older folks, we had, you know, we expect them to have health problems and uh, pass on. But 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, you know, 20-year-olds, no. <laughs> we don't, you know, as a general rule, unless there's a reason, you know, genetic defect or something like that, you know. So that's, that's the big problem right now, too. All right, back to you, 2030, Agenda 2030. What, what, what do they want to do to us, and, and, and why do you think that they're, they're doing this? Um, so go ahead, read, read what you want, well, and then let's, think, let's analyze it. Yeah. So before I read it, I'm going to basically throw my estimate of their goal here, which is, of course, to be able to control everybody. And if they can, because mm-hmm. one of the things that they did to increase their control, of course, throughout time is fear, you know, putting some public fear into forcing them to give up their rights in order to, because they think that it's a good thing to give up their rights. I mean, it happened mm-hmm. in like um, 9-11 where mm-hmm. they started adding in all of the security and stuff, and they took away some of their rights to privacy. And, and then, of course, from the COVID pandemic, they took away rights. And mm-hmm. so I think that's kind of what they're doing with these smart cities in order to track people more closely and um, have more control over everything that they do. Um, and I think – the whole thing is like the chemicals that they're doing in the disasters is to put fear in them because they're saying that the people that live in these cities don't really have a choice. They're just forced to move to the smart cities. Um, and I don't know if that's a hundred percent accurate. That's just what I've, I've learned about it. So they're using the toxins and stuff to make them mm-hmm. afraid so that they'll go along with being forced. What I think their plan is here. Um, so I'll read the preamble. Okay. Oh, go ahead if you have. Well, I was just thinking, uh, it, it seems to me that now that COVID is sort of people are losing interest and they're realizing the, wor- the worst of COVID, the actual virus, the worst of it was 2020. You know, and, it, and ever since uh, late 2020, we had the mutations which came out, you know, when the, uh, the non-vaccines were being jabbed into everybody. And so the biggest problem now is, is the jab, not COVID itself. And so if, if, if these folks want to maintain control, they have to maintain fear. That's just, that's, that, that's tyranny 101. I like that phrase. I have to use that one again. So tyranny 101, if you want to keep control, you've got to keep fear. So if you don't have something that people are afraid of, you better find something fast. Usually it's a war. It's been a war throughout history uh, or a pandemic. Those are usually the two, two greatest fears. Now they've got chemicals. They've got uh, environmental disasters. I mean, racism is used as a fear tactic. Um, but all this stuff is being used for fear and control. The question I'm going to ask you when we get through this is why do these people think they need control? What do they think is going to happen if they don't have control? And what, why, why do they think they're justified in even taking control? So we'll get to those in a bit. But that's kind of where I'm headed. So tell me about the preamble and, and what's the name of the document. Let's give a source so people can find it. Okay. Um, it's on the United Nations um, website. It says, 
Department of Economic and Social Affairs Sustainable Development. And the title of the article is Transforming Our World, the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. Preamble. The agenda is a plan of action for people, planet, and prosperity. It also seeks to strengthen universal peace and larger freedom. We recognize that eradicating poverty in all its forms and dimensions, including extreme poverty, is the greatest global challenge and indispensable requirement for all sustainable development. All countries and all stakeholders acting in collaborative partnership will implement this plan. We are resolved to free the human race from the tyranny of poverty and want to heal and secure our planet. We are determined to take the bold transformative steps which are urgently needed to shift the world onto a sustainable and resilient path as we embark on this collective journey. We pledge that no one will be left behind. The 17 Sustainable Development Goals and 169 targets which we are announcing today demonstrate the scale and ambition of this new universal agenda. They seek to build on the Millennium Development Goals and complete what these did not achieve. These to realize the human rights of all and to achieve gender equality and the empowerment of all women and girls. They are integrated and indivisible and balance the three dimensions of sustainable development, the economic, social, and environmental. The goal and targets will stimulate action over the next 15 years in areas of critical importance for humanity and the planet. And I also think, like, um, this just came into my head. This is not part of the article. I, I no, it's okay. The article, Go ahead. The, but, some of the spontaneous stuff is um, interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it was recently that they finally, like, um, announced it official, officially, but I think everybody, like, knew he was um, doing it beforehand, or it might have been before that he did it officially, where mm-hmm. Biden gave power to the World Health Organization overall COVID policies in America. Yeah, that's, that's surfacing again, and I've heard that came up a few months ago too. I want to talk about that as well, um, but this is this is this is all fascinating stuff. Okay, where do you want? To, I, I got a bunch, did you have more of the preamble, or is that is that it? Because uh, we could go over the set. We can yes. spend the whole rest of the show on this. This would be fascinating. All right, so so let's go with the let's go. I, I wrote a bunch of stuff down as you were talking. Now let's start with what um, assumptions. Assumptions. The first big assumption. In order to believe this, you have to believe certain things. You have to believe that the world on its present course is not sustainable. Because if they're projecting sustainable growth or, or a sustainable world, they have to, they're starting with the, the supposition that the world is currently not sustainable. Do they, do they talk about that? Uh, they probably do throughout the document, but is, is there anything presented right up front that says the world is not sustainable? And, and which parts of it aren't sustainable? Um. I think the only thing directly relating to like them not thinking it's sustainable is saying that they have to do all these things in order to make it sustainable. I think that would be the clearest indicator of them disbelieving that the world's sustainable. Okay. And then I guess the only second part to that of it is whenever it says that um, they're trying to balance the three dimensions um, for the sustainable development, which is economic, social, and environmental, which basically they think that the social, economic, and environmental um, dimensions right now on Earth aren't sustainable, so they want to change everything about them in the next 15 years to make it sustainable. Hmm. Okay, that's what they're saying. So, so if you had to put your, your yourself in their brains, what does sustainable look like? So, 
sustainable in general is, mm-hmm. um, of course, to work and um, prosper and, and to live off of. Um, but in their minds, um, I don't think sustainable is their goal particularly. Um, I think their goal is control. Uh, but that's kind of obvious to a lot of conservatives at this point. Mm-hmm. So I think so. Let's go deeper. They're... Let's go deeper. Why? What is it that they they? Why do they, you know? To my questions earlier, why do they think they need to be in control? And what 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 uh, what's their justification? And what kind of uh, you know be in control of what exactly? And, and how how are they going to be in control? Um, why do they I, think they need to be in control? You know, this is you know this is the big question. It's, it seems like it's part of the big globalization effort of, of you know, the tyrants. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's hard to say why, like, any tyrant would want complete control over the people. I, I assume it's just like a power thing. Well, I mean, if they've already got money. How all the, they've, yeah, they've got money, so they yeah. don't need money. So that's not an issue, right? So they, And they've got, you know, but they don't have any real power. This is the funny part. They don't have any power. You know, they're just they're just people who have a lot of money, you know, flying private jets, gathering at a place that most people can't afford to go to. It's kind of exclusive anyway. But what real power do they have other than, you know, the power of of their their so-called arguments? They don't have elected power. The UN does not have power over a nation that doesn't grant it to them. So if we don't grant them any power, they don't have any. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's get to the same. So you're using that, uh, force theory. Go ahead. What's that now? Oh, I just said so they're using the force theory of weight because there's like I think three or four ways that you can take over or have power over a civilization or okay. a country. Which is their way would be force theory. Yeah, but the more things, you know, I always, I always go back to Star Wars, you know, Princess Leia. <laughs> the, the more planets you try and control, the more will slip through your fingers, you know, she says to Darth Vader. There we go. Sorry. I, I whack Star Wars occasionally. Will I break into Yoda one day? That'll be another fun time. Uh, but the thing is, the, the, the people assume that because they're the World Economic Forum, you know, it's funny, they talk about a lot of things except economics. They got a lot of social stuff and a lot of environmental. So environmentalism, oh, I hear the dog again. Environmentalism is re- this is really interesting. Uh, have you ever studied the the this, this oh, are we moving the dog? Okay, the the smart growth of the nineties. Did you ever hear about that? The what of the nineties? Smart growth. Did you ever hear the term smart growth? Um, maybe, but I'm not sure what it is. Okay. I remember because I, I, I wrote a ton of, this is back in my, my letters to the editor phase, you know, before I was a little less active than I am now. But smart growth is this, is this idea, and you look up the EPA documents on smart growth. So this was the plan in the 90s that uh, we had to do this to be sustainable. Now, sustainable, I think, should be replaceable. So in other words, if you're, um, the New York Times used to take, I don't know how many hundred acres to make a Sunday edition. They took a lot of paper to make the New York Times Sunday edition. Well, they don't do that anymore. Why? Because we have the Internet. So the thing that, that sort of throws the sustainable theory out is that they go under uh, uh, assumptions that aren't true anymore. Uh, I wrote something in Facebook recently that um, 
you know, the, you know, what saved the whales? Well, petroleum did because they used to use whale oil in all those lamps, all those Western movies. Where do you think that oil came from? It was whale oil. So when we had petroleum and, and oil lamps, we didn't need to kill the whales for, for, their, for their fat to make into oil. You know, there was a, a study in London back in the 1850s, 60s, somewhere it was, that if things keep going the way they're going, you know, by 1950, London's going to be under 10 feet of horse poop. Well, what happened? The automobile <laughs> happened. <laughs> okay. This is what worried about, right? This is what worried about in the 1800s. Oh, no. The, you know, but nobody anticipated the automobile. You know, and that's what cleaned up the, there was no horse poop in the streets of London. Well, except when they have a parade or something, you know. Uh, and the other one is uh, everybody's worried about carbon dioxide. You know, oh, no. But what, what, what happens if we have more carbon dioxide? Well, we're going to have more plants because they breathe it. <laughs> you know, so all these things are, these assumptions are, are kind of crazy. You know, if we, we used to have, we have more forest land than we had uh, back in the 1800s because it used to be grassland. Why? Because there's more carbon dioxide now. We're, and it's warmer. So warming is good. So the assumptions that these people make, they use environmentalism, they use fear. There's, uh, if you ever um, want to go back and check YouTube, there's a, there's a great YouTube of Leonard Nimoy uh, back in the 70s uh, after he did a Star Trek thing as Mr. Spock. And he's talking about global winter, <laughs> you know, and you see the, the, they, they picture this, this tundra whiteout, all right? It looks awful. It's a massive blizzard. This is what the world could look like if we keep going with our environmental policies. Well, that didn't work. That didn't scare people, right? So then they brought about global warming. They thought, well, this, this will scare people. Oh, no, we're all going to burn to death. You know, the, the, the seas will rise. We'll all be drowned. Oh, no, we can't have that. But I can't find a single documented case of anybody moving their house because the oceans were rising. Ain't happening. So let's get back to uh, smart growth. So smart growth was, was the original fear theory uh, that uh, if we don't do certain things, we won't be, quote, sustainable. In other words, we can't sustain, you know, things as they are. And what they wanted to do was get rid of single family homes, get rid of, uh, you know, single driver cars. They want everybody in bicycles. They want everybody in government housing. And they had these utopian planned communities where, you know, you lived and worked and entertained and shopped and everything you did was within a small distance. Okay, that's in the 90s. Well, nobody bought into that. It was a bunch of crap. You know, we want our single-family homes. We want to drive our cars. This is America. We want a convertible. You know, a 1957 Chevy. We're going to go to the beach. You know, we're going to play Beach Boy songs. We're going to sing. We're going to have a good time. We're Americans. We're free, right? And these people, what they really are is anti-freedom because everything that you said, control is absolutely right. They want control. Well, why? Is the world a better place when it's controlled? No. Their biggest enemy, they, they say, is poverty. Well, what, what's the greatest enemy of poverty? What, what prevents poverty? What gets rid of poverty? Freedom. Profit. You look at the freest countries in the world. They're always okay. the most prosperous, right? Yeah. Okay. So if, if, uh, if their real goal is to eliminate poverty, then the first thing they would do is cancel themselves and go away because they represent control. They don't represent freedom. <laughs> Right? So they're actually diametrically opposed to their own purpose. If they really want prosperity, in fact, all the world can be as prosperous as the United States used to be, you know, before Brandon and before uh, the Marxists, um, by simply having a free market. You know, if you have a non-corrupt free market, you have prosperity for the greatest number because everybody's open to new inventions and the marketplace is open and you don't have uh, companies controlling it or government controlling it or things like that. Freedom works. You know, so these people being any freedom. So what's not sustainable, quite honestly, is them. Their control is not sustainable. Their passports and their social credits and their environmental policy. You know, the same people that, that talk about equal rights for, for, uh, for women also have men on, on women's sports teams. So they're a bunch of hypocritical liars. <laughs> you know, so it, it, it's fascinating. So anyway, that was smart growth. So smart growth didn't catch on. So in the 2000s, we got climate change. 
Uh, actually, we got global warming, and that didn't really catch on either. A sphere until they said climate change. Well, nobody knows what that is. It could be warmer, could be cooler, could be, but the climate's changing. Well, of course the climate's changing. The climate's always changing. So now what do you do? So what is sustainable? The only thing that's really sustainable is change. Huh. Quandary. So it seems Yeah, one me- of the things that I thought was a, a climate uh-huh. change session that they were having, and they're asking some guy these questions. I don't know who it was, but I think he was one of the people who were pushing like for climate change legislation. And whoever was asking the question was asking things like, okay, um, if we implemented all these policies that you're wanting, how much would it help? How much would it change the numbers? What exactly would it change and how much of it would it change? And you're saying, well, you can't know it's a whole effort. It's a global effort. You know, it depends on the other countries. And first off, like whenever I heard it, I was like, okay, why is the United States going to pass legislation when it – depends on the other countries and of course that's that's that kind of point of view is saying like okay i'm going to take what you said as truth now i'm going to see if what you're saying makes sense is kind of what i was doing and of course Mm -hmm. it didn't because why on earth would you pass something if you're going to spend you know 50 trillion dollars on it and put everybody in debt but it depends on the other countries and you know what they're going to do but you want to go ahead and do this as like like even the people that agree with it have to see that that's absolutely crazy. So the person asking the questions was saying, like, okay, if this, 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 and this country decide to do it and this and this country decide not to do it, um, like if China and Russia decide not to do it, but all the other ones that you need do decide to do it, how much would it change or increase or or how much would your plan help in your idea of, of this climate change? And they kept constantly saying that they don't know, that they have no idea. There's no way to mm-hmm. know if it'll change or how much it'll change. And it's like, so why do if it? If you don't know any of that, <laughs> that's the exactly, next question. Why, why do it spend then? fifty trillion dollars on this? Mm-hmm. But, no, that's a good question. Yeah, uh, that was a great question. Well, um, we're on but that topic. No, no, this is this is this is this is fascinating. I, lo- I love playing with this stuff. So then the question is, you know, if what if our freedom? We're dependent on other countries because it seems to me they always keep talking about we all have to do this together, you know, because if, if one country stays free and everybody else is under this, this ESG nonsense, then they're going to get more rebellion. So it's like everybody has to get the, the, the non-vaccine. Everybody has to do this. Everybody, it all has to be this, this massive collective where it doesn't work. Everybody has to believe the same thing. Everybody has to assume that the assumptions are correct when we, of course, think they're not. So it's a good thing that our freedom is not dependent on other countries, which leads to the discussion of the who and Brandon. So how much of this uh, do you see, well, what do you think of that statement, that they really need to bring everybody into this or it's not going to work, especially the United States rebels under Trump, which is likely to happen um, in 2024? Mm-hmm. I think they're right. If they're unable to bring all the countries under their control, then they don't have the globalizing consolidated power. To give themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, their well, idea the, is right, but yeah. mm-hmm. the way that they're presenting it is, of course, you know, manipulative. Yeah, remember the, the, the Coldplay song, Everybody Wants to Rule the World? <laughs> you know, oh, that, no, that's uh, Tears for Fears. Everybody wants to rule the world. Same old thing. This is like from Genghis Khan to now. There's always some group of idiots that think that they can maintain power and somehow the world will be be a better place. What really works best. And yet throughout all of history, 
the mm-hmm. people would always flee. They mm-hmm. always wanted freedom everywhere, mm-hmm. all the time. Or, all, Everyone wants all freedom. All anybody really wanted is, is freedom, yeah. Yeah, freedom is our natural state. So the, the, the more tyrannical the society, the more devastating, the more people are killed, and the quicker it dies out, fortunately, until the next one comes along. But freedom works. There's a reason our Constitution's been around longer than almost every other Constitution. And it's still got flaws. It's got you know, some mistakes in it, like giving Congress the power to borrow money. It's probably the biggest mistake. We're trying to rectify that with an amendment. But this, this whole this, – there's something that, that's, that's really strange, too, the assumptions. The first assumption is that you can take rights away during a pandemic. So let's address that right now. Can you take rights away during a pandemic? No, you can't ever – you can't take rights away no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. So that needs course, to be talked about. You know, tyrants always find a way. Well, they, I mean, you can do it by brute force. You know, I mean, I, I wrote a, a piece a long time ago about uh, individual freedom versus government tyranny. The reason government wants the guns is because they want to enforce their policy and they want you to not be able to resist. That's what gun control is all about. It's got nothing to do with crime. It never did. It's got nothing to do with preserving lives. If they wanted to preserve lives, they'd have more freedom. We wouldn't have a national debt. The government would be, you know, infinitely smaller and uh, they'd leave us alone. <laughs> if, if they're really interested in preserving, that's how you preserve lives. Freedom preserves lives too. But they don't want to do that. But this assumption that, uh, that somehow the Constitution, and, and it even comes from the Supreme Court, even uh, some of that I actually admired, except when he was wrong, like Antonin Scalia. So, uh, there are, of course, you have reasonable uh, restrictions on the Second Amendment. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> because the minute the government puts a restriction on a right, it ceases to be a right. That's why all rights are absolute. They have to be absolute. Otherwise, it's yeah. not a right. The definition of right is it's absolute. Now, using it is a different thing. And this is how I explain it. Um, Second Amendment, easiest one to explain. The right to keep and bear arms is absolute. The government cannot touch that. That comes from the Constitution. That is the supreme law of the land. So anything that comes under gun control is statutory. Statutory, by definition, is subordinate to the Constitution. And that's why all gun control is illegal. Now, does the Second Amendment say cover using, use of a firearm? And the answer is no. Why? Because there are legal and illegal uses. And the minute you have something where there's legal and illegal uses, that's statutory law, freedom of speech, the right. See, people forget that you're protecting the right, not what people do. So do we have other laws governing free speech? Sure. Libel, slander. You know, the old expression, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Of course you can. What if there's a fire? Okay, but uh, so the point is, you have the right to yell fire in a crowded theater. But the question is, is there a fire? If you say, if you say, if you see a fire and you say, there's a fire in this theater, everybody get out. Yeah, free speech, right? So you have the right to say it. If you say it and there's no fire, you're going to be held accountable. <laughs> okay, so, so people can, but if, if people understand that, that it's the right itself that we're protecting. And the right is what prevents government from doing anything about it. So the right of free speech does not mean you can say anything you want anytime you want. What the right of free speech means is that the government cannot touch the right to speak. So that has to be instantly available. Same thing with guns. The government cannot touch your right to keep and bear arms because you might need that gun immediately for a legal use. That's why the right is so important. Now, are there laws against certain activities with guns? Yeah. Brandishing, kidnapping, extortion, carjacking, bank robbery, the list goes on and on. But that's got nothing to do with the right to keep and bear arms. And this is the distinction. So when, when, when people say, I'm giving you an argument that you can use. So, and I'm curious what you think. So when, when someone comes along and the government says, well, we, we're going to do a mandate for the public good. You know, we can, you know, we can, uh, we can uh, restrict your rights. We have to. That's a reasonable thing to do. 
No, it's not. Because the Constitution, and Piaki was famous for saying this, Constitution doesn't have an on and off switch. When it says, you know, we the people of the United States, you know, not of the world, not of human rights, of the United States, ordain and establish this Constitution, it remains established until it's not established by a constitutional convention, you know, ratification of the states, all that kind of stuff. But until that happens, all of it's, uh, all of it's enforced. And what I say a lot of times is that the Constitution is the most necessary and the most valuable when people start talking about taking away rights or actually do it in terms of lockdowns. Anyway, that's my argument, and I'm standing by it. What do you think? Yeah, something that I heard that's kind of, like, interesting correlated with this, it's actually something I didn't know before. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was just, it was like a, just a simple little thing. Some lady, I think she was British maybe, mm-hmm. um, not positive on that, but she was talking about, you know, why American freedom and the Second Amendment was so great because she was trying to explain to people why everybody loves us so much. Because, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's, it's not the greatest mirror to other places. Um, and one of the things she was saying is that one of the things that American citizens find unfathomable is, you know, government officials just barge in their house for no reason. Like, they don't need, like, a, a permit or anything. They just barge in to check everything in your house if they want to. And I think, like, American citizens can't even fathom that. No, it happens it was, a lot of places. It's it happening it now, though. Of, the FBI is doing that to yeah, conservatives. Like that, barging in right now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what went through my mind. I was like, that's mm-hmm. exactly what's not supposed to happen. And she's mm-hmm. right. That's something that American citizens find unfathomable, but yet it's happening. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about things that, that weren't supposed to happen. So if the FBI raids somebody's house uh, and they resist with firearms, what's the FBI going to do? What do you think? Um, like the citizen resists with firearms? Mm-hmm. You know, the FBI comes barging in the door. FBI, open up. Now. By the way, I have a fully automatic AK-47. <laughs> you know, keep out. Slip the search word under the door if yeah. you have one. Let me check. What if a citizen does that? What's, gonna, what's the next thing the FBI is going to do? I mean, just by like, looking at like the history of it, it really just depends on like who's in the FBI. But generally... At this point, you'd think that they would shoot. Um, yeah. I remember learning a little bit about Ruby Ridge. Oh, I hadn't known about it before this year. That's an interesting topic. Yeah, let's let's talk about Ruby Ridge. And so, I mean, if you look at what they've done in the past, you'll know what they, mm-hmm. they do in the future. So, you know, yeah, I think it's completely plausible that if a citizen pulls a gun and defend themselves from, you know, the illegal FBI trying to break into the mm-hmm. house for no reason and mm-hmm. no permit mm-hmm. um, for no legal allowances, then, yeah, I mean, if they're already breaking the law, who's to say they're not going to break it again and shoot the citizen? Like exactly. So, the, the, so, this, so let's talk about real world, and let's talk about what the Constitution says. The Constitution says a warrant you know, signed by a judge with duly presented evidence you know, describing the places to be searched and the things to be seized. That's it. That's the way it's supposed to be. In reality, if you resist, you could get yourself killed. And the second response is, if you hold up that FBI, they're going to call more FBI. They're going to call it the National Guard. They'll bring in tanks if they have to, because they have to maintain control. So the problem is, where do you fight them? Well, you fight them in court, except when the judges are just as guilty as the FBI and the Department of Justice. Look at the people in in the the D.C. Gulag. I'm glad people are calling it the D.C. Gulag, and these people are political prisoners. I call them that from the start. From January 7th, <laughs> you know, as soon as they start being arrested, it's like, these people are political prisoners. So the question is, 
is the government so powerful that they don't care about the Constitution? You know, can you, can you fight the battle against them if you're shot and killed? And the answer is no. So then what you have to do yeah, is well, find the a different thing way to about the constitu- thing about oh, the federal ahead. government and the Constitution right now is that I think they're fully conscious of it, and I think that's one of the things that they're doing is they're fighting against it because they don't want it standing in their way. Oh, absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. So now what do we do about it? Well, are you talking about citizens? Mm-hmm. Um, fight for our rights in whatever way we can, whether it's like educating other people, um, mm-hmm. like Thomas Paine or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, okay. in the um, – courtrooms or if it's mm-hmm. in legislation. And what show are you on right now? In le- legislation. <laughs> what, what do yeah. we do here? <laughs> now you know why I created Action Radio. Both. Okay, so the reason I created Action Radio was to give the citizenry a means to fight back, a means to, to create the country that it was supposed to be, the means to write the laws that we consent to be governed by. And one of the most important ones, and you can take a look at this, is my federal disarmament bill and what it does is it redefines the only three crimes in the Constitution, which are treason, piracy, and counterfeiting. Counterfeiting is handled by the Secret Service, which should go back to the Treasury. So the Secret Service can be armed constitutionally. Treason is actually only in time of war, declared by Congress, when people give aid and comfort to the enemy. And that can be handled by the U.S. Marshals, so they can be armed too, for however many traitors there are. And the third one is piracy. Well, that's defined in the Constitution on the high seas. Well, that would be the Navy and the Coast Guard. Now we have the air because we have air travel. So that would be the Air Force and the Air National Guards. So, and they're not covered by my bill because they're military. The military is different than the bureaucrats. So the question is, can any bureaucrat be armed except for those dealing with um, treason or counterfeiting? And the answer is no. No. Yet we have 287,000 armed infantry bureaucrats, which is over 12 yeah, divisions of soldiers. If they were an army, they'd be over 12 yeah, divisions. I don't, that, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know where the legislation is at in this, but I know that the House introduced something like right after that to get rid of the IRS agents. But I don't know where that legislation is at. Yeah, but that's tinkering. That, that's, that's minor. We need to get rid of you see, and this is, I think, the difference between what I'm trying to do and what uh, I see tinkering. It's like the, Paul Gozer has a great bill to take away the Section 230 power where a, a big tech to, uh, uh, to regulate and censor the Internet. But he doesn't replace it with anything. He's missing the step. He's missing the liability that I put in my bill so that we can punish them if they ever bring it back <laughs> or if they, if they find a new way to do it or if they do it anyway. <laughs> you know, you've got to have an enforcement mechanism. You know, the same thing with this. You need to, we need to strip away uh, the, all of the armed bureaucrats because there's no, there's no justification in the Constitution. There's no delegation of power from the states to the federal government to have armed bureaucrats anywhere except, you know, treason, piracy, and counterfeiting, and piracy is handled by the military. And that's a, that's, a, that's a whole new concept of people. So we, we need to think in bigger terms in terms of freedom. So then the question, let's get back to, to the, the WHO, the World Health Organization, and Brandon signing away our rights and putting the WHO over us with vaccine passports and guidelines and restrictions and you know, um, seizing of stuff and economic control and that kind of stuff. Can he do that? 
Legally, no. So then what are we afraid of? The fact that they're doing everything illegally. Uh-huh. So what do we do? And getting away with it. Yeah. So our job is what? Hold them accountable. Resist. <laughs> you know, there's two kinds of people. In this yeah. World. Compliant, compliant and resistant. Okay, I'm resistant. So are you. So we resist. We resist tyranny. So I'm not afraid of the who. I'm not afraid of Brandon signing some stupid piece of paper because it has no effect. Because the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. There is no international organization, body, World Economic Forum, the WHO, as I jokingly refer to them, the UN, that has any authority over me whatsoever. None. I'm a sovereign. I'm an American citizen. The government works with the consent of me and you and all of us. But we have to start taking our, our authority back. You know, where's the article, where's the major article by a major writer saying, you know, Brandon has no authority to sign rights away. In fact, he doesn't even have authority to be in the White House. But, where, but the bigger question is why people yeah. think that he can. Why are people, and I'm talking about conservatives that I think should know better, are, are posting, oh no, Brandon's going to sign our rights away. You know, the who's going to control us? Like, no, they're not. <laughs> they, they can't do that. So why are people afraid of things? Is it, just, is it a lack of education? I mean, where does this come from? Why don't people know that Brandon can't do this? Well, I mean, I think it's a, a deal of, like, reality and stuff. I mean, whenever you take power and you take control, you can take more and more and more, and it really mm-hmm. all depends on your resistance, on how far you can go. So, you hmm. know, technically, if everybody would let him and everything worked out smoothly, it's very possible that it could happen. Where they could gain control of the American people, but it requires so, I mean, a compliance. I mean, I see how it's a fear. Yeah, people have to comply with yeah, themselves. Yeah, and I see... willingly give up their own power. Yeah, and so I see how it's a fear because right now you see so many Americans that are willing to do that, that are willing to give up their rights and give up their freedoms, or, or think that mm-hmm. it's a good thing. And but the good thing is that there's also a lot of patriots out there who are now starting to stand up and rile up other patriots' feathers. So. You know, there's like two parts to this. There's, you know, what you can do in resistance to and what happens if you don't. Mm-hmm. I think that's what people are afraid of is the don't. What happens if they if they don't comply? Or explain that a little bit. Um, what happens if they don't resist? Oh, okay. I, I know what happens if we don't resist. Like if they just let it happen because they think it can happen. <laughs> ah, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I'm wondering, whether, you know, if they got everything they wanted, you know, how much more would they want? And what would the world look like then? So, hmm. I'm curious where to go with this. So what do you think? What's, uh, what's, what, what's the problem as you see it? You know, is it... Um, if we don't resist, or how do we inspire the resistance, or do you, do you think people know they can resist? Let's go with that one. I think some people do, and I think a lot of people don't. I think the main problem for people, even the ones that do, is they don't exactly know how or what they can do to resist, or they feel like it's too futile, um, yeah. like the impact their resistance will have. So how does that I think that one happen? of the biggest things, I think one of the, the biggest things that at least I see, like, personally, is, 
you know, you have such a big authority figure who's obviously doesn't even need the people to get elected. You know, he is accountable, or they're, the administration and the World Economic Forum and, you know, all of these large globalists and stuff that are gaining more and more control and more power over the people, you know, they're not being held accountable to anybody. Like our our um, presidential administration, you know, they're not held accountable to anybody else, you know. So whenever the people start to give up or lose that power where they don't have control over things because there's so much um, corruption in the judicial system and in the bureaucracies um, in I guess in the government entirely and stuff that's whenever things get really dangerous and that's what people are now being afraid of is all of that power controlling them and not knowing uh, where to turn in order to make it right and so most people like right now of course it's mm-hmm. the legislation that's what everybody's saying because that's the that is the baseline of you know the people's power that's where we speak from and so i I mean what you're doing is exactly the the thing that'll help the most is oh thank you you know providing the legislation to to providing legislation for our legislators to be able to not only defend our rights but to take our rights back and to stop them from taking any more rights yeah well i I don't know so that we can have power again Exactly. Well, I don't know how much we ever had, but because this has never been done before. But I think one of the biggest problems here, and I'm curious what you think um, and why, is that I don't think people believe that we can do what we say at Action Radio we can do, that we can actually write laws. You know, I get questions all the time. You know, don't, don't lawyers have to review it? And I said, well, they're going to review it in Congress. They're going to review it in the state legislature. They've all got lawyers. They can look at it all they want. Everything we do is open. Well, this, well can, you just, can you just send a bill to Congress? Yeah, why not? You know, and there's a, there's a disbelief, there's a disconnect. There's a, the, I call it the cult of the expert, you know, that legislation comes from, you know, Mount Olympus with, uh, you know, long gray bearded people in black robes and they, they have to, uh, they're special, they're different. No, they're not. They're just people who got elected. That doesn't make them special or different. It just means they got elected, you know, same as us. And so, because we don't have a monarchy. We don't have a, a divine right of kings. We don't have all this other stuff. But I honestly don't think people believe that we can do what we do. And I think that's one of our biggest obstacles. And I don't know how to get around that. Got any ideas? Um, I think the biggest thing is just to do what you're doing because um, one of the things that you see in a lot of places and innovations and new ideas and stuff throughout history is, you know, a lot of people at first when things come out, first reuse, even sometimes like the first few hundred years, you know, some ideas mm-hmm. – don't people don't think will work but as soon as they do work and people see that it's working and that things are changing and that where it's all coming from then people will come and be part of that change will be part of doing that so i mean once more and more legislation is passed um i think more and more recognition of, of where it comes from and more and more people will use citizen legislature to increase this citizen corruption no, I think you're absolutely right. I think I think we need a victory in a, um I think that's, that's one of the things I, I have tried. We've actually come fairly close. Um, it's tough under the censorship we're under to get the word out. We need a major public figure, you know, to come on board, come on the show. We got Dr. Robert Malone on Friday. He's a major public figure. I'm going to talking to him about uh, vaccines, about uh, how he created the messenger RNA vaccine and uh, his latest book. 
So I'm going to have an interesting time with him. And I'll introduce him to our legislation, just like I did with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough when he was on the show and Christina Bob, Trump's attorney, when she was on the show. Hopefully she, she's, uh, you know, sent the bills to uh, the real big guy, you know, Donald Trump himself. And hopefully we'll get him on the show one day. That's what I'm hoping. Because if that happens, that will break our censorship immediately. And that will give us credibility with people. Uh, that would be as good as passing a bill. I think if we get Trump on the show, he, you know, he says, I endorse action radio. Here are the bills we're adapting for our campaign. That's like my dream come true because then I won't have to worry about censorship. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have already smashed through it. And then all of us become very well known. So, so get ready for that. That's, that's the potential of this, that all of us are on the show, you know, as the left goes back and listens to all the things we say now, I don't care. I'm gonna, I'll stand by everything I've said. Um, but that's something to think about. So, we need to get a win. We need to get some legislation on the board. We need to get through the censorship. And the, 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 the weird dichotomy of this is that, you know, we need, in order for people to, to support us, you know, they have to see that we've got a bill passed. But in order for us to get a bill passed, the people have to support us. You know, it's the old catch-22, as they say. You know, you can't have one without the other, but they're, they're both needed. In other words, I'll get a bigger audience when I have more sponsors, and I'll have more sponsors when I get a bigger audience. <laughs> you know, so you kind of have to do both at the same time. <laughs> So we need a win to get the people so that we can get a win. And, and it's, it's just a question of time and whatever that magic thing that gets through. Um, that, that one thing they, they mentioned earlier, and I'm curious about when they talk about women, you know, the equal rights of women. Uh, and, they, and they say that, uh, you know, we're going to have, it's one of those 17, well, it was one of, from the preamble to this Agenda 2030. And we should cover oh, those yeah, 17 yeah. targets next time. Yeah. So being a woman yourself, what do you think of all that? Um. Well, right now, like, socially in the United States, um, I mean, whenever you see it, it seems like um, women have been, like, over time, like, gaining so much and stuff. And I think we've already mm-hmm. passed the point of, you know, equal rights, equal pay and stuff, where we're equal in value and stuff, I guess is what they used to be fighting for. And now, you know, it's gone so far to where we're actually, you know, devaluing women and, and devaluing men. Basically, I think we're making them both less valuable and less unique. And, I mean, I think that's definitely part of identity politics, too. Mm-hmm. They're erasing what, you know, makes you you um, as, like, a woman or a man either way. So, I mean, on a global scale, though, I guess, in what they're thinking in terms of in, in a global scale. I mean, there mm-hmm. are still countries where, you know, women don't have any rights. And there are mm-hmm. some where, you know, it's it's a global thing. So, I mean, everything's going to be different all around the world because, you know, every culture is different. And, you know, one of the biggest challenges for globalization that there has been throughout history, and even now, is because of all those differences in, in people and ideology and the difference of freedom and control and power and what people want in a society and what people don't want in a society and stuff, and it all clashes. I think that's one of the things that, you know, people can't globalize themselves, and that's why people are trying to control and control everybody else, um, yeah, it's like they can't. I think that's a really important point. They cannot control themselves. This is the problem. They should, if they were controlled themselves, they would leave us alone. They'd abandon what they're doing. They'd realize the hypocrisy. They'd realize the futility. It's like uh, my favorite case study is Afghanistan. The British went to Afghanistan in the 1800s to control Afghanistan. Didn't work. The Russians went in. Didn't work. We went in. Didn't work. 
you know, at some point you think that these nations would collectively realize it's not going to work. Afghanistan will not be controlled. Okay. You're talking about goat herders with, uh, you know, automatic weapons. <laughs> they're, they're pretty resistant. Even Afghanistan doesn't work for Afghanistan. You know, so, so if they, so, uh, you know, this, this world economic forum, do you think they're going to change Afghanistan? Do you think they're going to change Mongolia? Do you think they're going to change, I don't know, pick a place, Madagascar? What do these people think they're going to do? I mean, the arrogance of them. They have no boundaries on their arrogance. Brianna? Yeah, I, I would think it's just greed, you know. There's that monster that they can't seem to see through. But Interesting. I mean, I think that's where that comes from, the more mm. power. So if they eliminate poverty, does that mean everybody gets rich or everybody gets poor? <laughs> it seems to me. You know, how do you equalize? Up or down? Yeah. Well, you can't make everybody rich. Um, exactly. Because, I mean, so, unless you make rich poor, um, like uh, saying it's rich when everybody's actually poor, but so um, that's more of everybody's that poor. If everybody's poor and we're all eating bugs and living in you know mud huts, if everybody's poor, is there poverty? Well, that was actually one of the other things of the um, globalization. They were talking about, I don't remember which year they said, but basically they're going to have two species of humans. One, what? which is like the elite humans. <laughs> oh. Yes. Yes. I'm serious. No, I believe you. I, I don't I, have it in front of me or anything. Species. But... It's the word species. Uh, Josie's on. I'll get to her yeah. in a second. But the, the, word, the use of the word species, in other words, genetically independent, you know, able to mate and reproduce, you know, offspring. That's the definition of a species. Yeah, they're going to be mutating them. And basically one is going to be like elite and they perform better and smarter and basically just an elite form of human species. And they said that the second part of the species is all going to be like dwarves and, um, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and and things like that. And so basically people are saying, so does that mean there's going to be people, these elite people that are going to be controlling everybody else who is a dumb dwarf? Um, so, yeah, that was something that I heard that I was, but, no, I mean, that, makes a lot that of sense. also goes, uh, the, the movie Idiocracy talks about that, where you have an entire population of stupid people, and you can't get them to do anything because they're too stupid. But aren't they doing that now with education? Isn't the whole purpose of government education to take away everything that you learn by the time you're five? You know, because most of us are pretty intelligent by five years old. We, I mean, I, I, knew a lot, I knew about dinosaurs, you know, I read books, you know, I, I learned early. And then I went to school and became stupid. <laughs> and basically went home on the weekends to learn stuff. You know, I read the World Book Encyclopedia by the time I was like 11. You know, and so, uh, you know, my, my learning had very little to do with school. I was in school and I was learning, but the two of them didn't, didn't always cross over. So, if, so they don't really need a species difference because they've already got it. You've got two different educations. You've got two different levels of income, two different. There's, there's really a, a real stratification already, isn't there? Why have I have a new species? Yeah. Huh. Unless they're just trying to rationalize I don't think that, we're... that this is the natural order of things, that this is the way it always is, that we really are two species. So it's almost a bit like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. I mean, huh. that's what they do. They introduce what they want, and then they like have steps and actions for it, and they make everybody think it's such a great thing. Well, not everybody, but you mm-hmm. know, that's what they want. Um Interesting. This has been a great hour. Uh, stick around if you can. If not, then uh, we'll catch up with you next week. But um, yeah. I want to bring on Josie. I'm going to go now. But... Okay. Well, thank yeah. you. This has been fun. 
17 points next week, maybe. See if we can cover those 17 targets. Let's talk about what these morons are trying to accomplish. Okay. Thanks, Brianna. Bye. She started off as a poor child in Nicaragua, living under communism. And now she is a prosperous small businesswoman with a great family, living the dream as an American citizen. Josie Cosby knows all about both worlds, communism and freedom. She knows where your dreams can come alive and where they can die very quickly. And so her report is as much from experience as knowledge, and her passion and crusade are very real. With connections all over Central and South America, Josie brings you the world south of the U.S. border from personal experience, living, not just reporting, what's happening. And now, the Latina Report with Josie Coffey. It was interesting. We're just going over Agenda 2030, uh, the whole UN world government thing. And, and people are starting to pop up with these uh, um, notices, columns, even you know, in our own uh, action radio reporters. Brandon's going to sign our rights away. He's going to sign everything over to the WHO. You know, they'll be in control of us. And I'm like, no, they're not. They have no authority over us. And yet, that's what's going around these. Anyway, that's what we were talking about. How are you doing? Good morning. Good morning. morning. I'm good. Yeah, I was listening to you guys. She's pretty smart. Pretty sharp. Very smart. Wow. Yeah, she's getting she's getting she's getting better too. If you notice her commentary over time, more involved, more elaborate, more thoughtful, more everything. Yeah, so I love having her on the show. She's 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 yeah. Yeah. And I know you guys were talking about about how much power the government has, and it's true. They don't mm-hmm. care about our laws or amendments or our rights. They do whatever they want. And they, they've been doing that for a long time. So, mm-hmm. Well, they're so arrogant. They, uh, they're so arrogant that the government – yeah, I want to talk about that too. They're, they're so arrogant that the government picked the government, as I call it. People don't – you know, when you phrase it that way, well, who picked Brandon? Well, the government picked Brandon. The government picked their own government. So, so there's no point in even voting anymore. Because literally, you know, there was no point in writing letters after a while because the lobbyists had all the money and they, they had all the influence. You look at the bills, and now there's no point until we get true election integrity. You know, in fact, there's a count going on right now in Santa Rosa County. Um, Diane's involved in that. And so there's, uh, mm-hmm. Tabby Villain, our, our election mm-hmm. supervisor, has opened up ballots for county. So they're going to try and verify some, some aspects of the 2020 vote. That's a good thing. She's, mm-hmm. you know, this is, this is great. Yeah. But, Without election integrity. But, but we were talking about the arrogance of power. Why these people think, A, that they, they can control us, B, that they need to control us, and B, that they don't think they need any controls on themselves. It's, it's arrogance. Oh, yeah. Uncontrolled it arrogance. Is. And American, you know, well, it's not going to go for it. Why, it. why do people believe that these people have any power over us? They don't. It's been going on for years. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Huh. All right. Uh, What's on your mind? But I want to... Re- I want to report quickly. Um, I'll take your time. There was a report. There was a report of Lexington, Kentucky. It's like, I guess it's about five hours from the train wreck that happened. You know, uh, this guy was reporting that there's a lot of birds just dropping dead from mm-hmm. all the, uh, I guess, the chemicals that were released oh, yeah. from the train. Well, birds, birds and fish are really toxic. sensitive. This is why they take canaries mm-hmm. into a coal mine. You know, the, 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 you know, there's a reason for that. That's not, that's not just a song by the police. You know, mm-hmm. canary, in a, canary in a coal mine. The reason the canaries go into the coal mine is they're the ones who die first when there's a gas leak. So when they used to uh, rupture 
natural gas pools, feeds, things like that in the coal mines, you know, the canaries would die. And of course, that's when they knew to get out because you can't smell the gas. You can't taste it. There's no sensation of it. It's just there. Mm-hmm. But canaries, you know, they, they, drop, they literally drop dead. And that's when the guy, miners like, okay, right yeah. here. <laughs> you know, and, oh, and wow. so this is, so the birds are the canary in the coal mine. The fish are, are mm-hmm. the, the, the canary in the coal mine. When the fi- and fish are really sensitive to change. They're sensitive to changes in the amount of oxygen in the water. They're sensitive to the temperature. Mm-hmm. Fish are extremely sensitive oh, to, yeah. to minor changes in their environment. So that's why they're dying. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you talk about the white noise, the movie, you know, that was no, uh, no, we didn't. made Tell last me. year. Tell me about it. Yeah. These people are so criminal that they make movies and, and they tell us ahead of time what's going to happen. And we just don't pay attention. We think it's just a movie. So yeah, V for Vendetta. Something it was about COVID. Yeah, the <laughs> when white, you look at it, white yeah. noise. Mm-hmm. What's white noise? What, white noise, noise is like a movie in Ohio. Uh, huh. That's exactly what happened in reality uh, uh, last week. I guess it was last week or whatever. But uh, this this has been going on for a long time. The the Hunger Game movie. This is exactly what they're doing with us here in America and through the mm-hmm. world. Um, yeah. Also, also, I wanted uh, to say this morning, I went to bed very sad last night because I was watching a report, uh, Chile, South America, mm-hmm. a lot of the farmland, they're burning it. Just like they're doing here with all the explosions and the things and killing the chickens. They're doing exactly the same thing in Chile. Uh, a lot of people uh, are crying because this, this is on purpose what they're doing. Uh, farmland. 11 homes were burned to the ground. You can see in the video. I think I sent you one of the videos. People are running and just... I saw the video. I, I, I didn't understand what it was about, though. But it was like a huge yeah, cloud yeah. of smoke, and I was watching it. And, and yeah. you know, the fire folks are there. But who's... Do they know who's behind this? Or is it, you know, you know, mass riders in the night, you know, kind of thing? Or who's... What's going on? The government is behind it, like over here. Um, what's going to happen... Uh, this is going to be worldwide because it's happening in Colombia. They're burning, I don't know how many thousands of chicken in Colombia. Uh, mm-hmm. They're coming to farm and they're saying the chickens have an infection. Blah, 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 and the people, they don't have much to say because the government's coming in full force uh, to get rid of the chickens. In Miami, there was a couple of huge farms. They came and burned the chickens completely. Uh, it is happening in America and it's happening worldwide. Some countries are not involved, but a lot of countries are involved in this uh, fraud that is happening right now worldwide. Uh, it is disgusting. It is happening. We see it with our own eyes. Um, military, uh, since you guys were talking about a few minutes ago, I'm just listening very carefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, the governments have power and control of the people. And if the people continue fearing, they got all the power because uh, they know that the people are afraid. So this is what's happening worldwide. Uh, all this burning, all this killing with the vaccine, everything that you see, it's all well organized 20-something years ago. The military is going to take over each country at the same time, including ours, until we get rid of this corruption. And then it's going to go back to uh, we the people. Um, but it's going to happen, and it's coming. <clears throat> That's yeah. So here's the here's the part where I want to here's the part where I want to ask you questions, um, because <laughs> militaries yeah. don't have a really good track record 
when they take over a country. And so who's to say that the military won't keep control? You know, and, and, what, and the biggest problem we have is our current military has been stripped of, of real officers. You know, they've replaced, you know, George Patton's with uh, Mark, Mark Milley's. You know, they've replaced mm-hmm. the good patriotic officers, you know, with uh, subordinate government stooges. So who in the military is going to take over? And, and where is it going to come from? Not all the military is corrupt. Uh, right now, the head, I'm talking about head honchos. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about workers. They, they don't know what's going on. A lot of the young people just right. enlisted and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the big head honchos, there's a lot of good ones, and they've been working with Donald Trump. If this wasn't been going on, Donald Trump would have been dead a long time ago. Uh, they're fully protecting him, and also he has his own private uh, top secret uh, snipers and Whatever. Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, he he really has to, because you know, I mean, we you know, if we get big at Action Radio, we may need you know bodyguards too. You know, a lot of major talk show hosts have their own Mm -hmm. security. We you know we might be in that same position because we're advocating change. Yeah. Because if if our legislation works, there's a lot of people who are going to be out a lot of power. You know, I mean, I've got a bill to disarm the entire federal bureaucracy. That's all 287,000 you know, armed bureaucrat infantry. And I call them infantry. I call it because yeah. it's an army. It's bigger than most armies of the world. Twelve divisions of soldiers, if those bureaucrats were all, were all listed as army soldiers, with, with hundreds of thousands of guns and billions of rounds of ammunition. Well, the only mm-hmm. possible purpose mm-hmm. for that, because they're not military, you know, that's enough to go to war. Well, the only place they can go to war is us. Yeah. You know, because they're not, they're not military. They're not going to be deployed. <laughs> you know, they're not going to be sent overseas. They're not going to go somewhere else. That whole thing is designed to fight us. Mm-hmm. That's why the Second Amendment is so but, but we have to disarm them. Now, we start advocating yeah. that openly, as I do, of disarming. You do. Yeah, I know that. I, mm-hmm. You know, and so, the, you know, what's the price I'm going to have to pay for that? I don't care. I've already made that decision. But it has to be done. Yeah. Me too. We have to fight for our freedom. You too. Exactly. Everybody in the show has made that decision. Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> you know, but, but it's, uh, it, well, I'll be the canary in the coal mine. It's going to start with me. So whatever happens, it'll happen to me first, you know, and then, then the rest of you yeah. folks, you know, someone else can host the show for a while while I'm, you know, talking to the well, FBI's KGB. <laughs> I believe, yeah. Uh-huh. I believe when Donald Trump returns, uh, we don't know when, uh, but we know it's this year. Uh, we believe that he's, He's going to drastically change this country like it was before. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking well, about last year or the year before, yeah. like way back like in the 60s or before that probably. Well, He's here's what he can do. do. A drastic change. Here's what he can mm-hmm. do. As, 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 first of all, he can come back any time now. 22nd Amendment. And that's why I asked Christina Bob that same question, Trump's attorney. You know, can, can mm-hmm. Trump come back, serve the rest of, of his term this term, and still run in 2024? And the answer is yes. Because it's less than two years. And, and so 22nd Amendment, although it doesn't say it explicitly for this kind of case, but if you serve less than two years of a term, it doesn't count as one of your two terms in office. So Trump can start can, anytime after January 20th. So from January 21st, you know, last month, a month ago, uh, Trump could have, you know, could take his White House, his White House back, serve out this term and still run for president in 2024. So that we know is that we know can be done. So the question is, what can mm. you do as president? Well, there's a bunch of things you can do. Uh, did you ever hear about Schedule F? 
the reclassification of federal yeah. employees. Okay, so Schedule F is critical. Schedule F is one of the reasons that Trump uh, is so hated by the deep state because the deep state wants to keep all the deep state members. And Schedule F would change their civil service so they don't have a permanent job anymore. They can be fired. They'd be just like regular private company employees. The only problem was it only applied to about 50,000 people. He needs to do it federal government-wide. So he can do that as head of the executive. You know, he just, I mean, the, the president decides the hiring and firing. That's one of the, the privileges of being president is you have control over the bureaucracies. So he implements Schedule F on an entire scale. That way, I would fire everybody over 30 years old from the federal government because they've probably been there too long. In the 20s, yeah, there might be hope of, of you know, re-educating them about the Constitution and things like that. So he has Schedule F. Here's another thing he can do, too. Um, and I'll talk to and Christina Bob. Hopefully, she'll be back on the show sometime. I want to ask her about this as well. But the reason that the federal uh, employee unions exist is not because Congress passed a law. John Kennedy signed an executive order allowing for federal unions. Well, if he allowed for, if he signed an executive order, Trump can sign an executive order, you know, uh, disbanding and abolishing all federal government worker unions just as easily. That's something he can do. Mm-hmm. That would be a fundamental change. Okay. And let's say mm-hmm. he adopts and sends to the states just a couple of our amendments. Let's, let's talk about the big ones. Vaccine product viability, okay, which I think would cause an instant recall of vaccinations. Uh, our big tech bill, which would stop all big tech censorship. Information would start to flow freely again. I mean, really f- flow freely. Constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. That would get rid of inflation. That would pay off the debt in about 30 or 40 years. We'd have unparalleled prosperity. You wouldn't need a Fed because the Fed sets interest rates. Well, you wouldn't need them to set interest rates because there's no borrowing. The whole reason for interest rates is to control inflation. But without borrowing, there is no inflation. And the fourth, yeah. is disar- the fourth bill is disarming the bureaucrats. We do those four things. We've got most of our freedom back. And mm-hmm. then, of course, you have, to, you have to revoke 1913. You get rid of the, the federal income tax amendment. You get rid of the oh, – yeah. you, you allow states to elect their uh, state legislatures to appoint or elect their senators so the states have representation back in Congress, and you get rid of the Federal Reserve Act. You do those three things plus those four bills, mm-hmm. we get most of our freedom back. Mm-hmm. And that, one of that requires that the military. Tax, mm-hmm. I like that income tax part because you know what? Years and years ago, it was supposed mm-hmm. to just be volunteers, the income tax. And uh, it, it became so big and a fraud. And the team that you're talking about, that, that we need to get rid of Team F, means fraud. <laughs> I'm thinking about it in my mind, the team fraud. <laughs> well, Schedule, Schedule F is, you know? is a reclassification, yeah, because civil service yeah, is know. a fraud. Civil service employment, right. permanent employment, it's like teacher tenure. It's a fraud. Yeah. You know, if, if somebody has a permanent job, then, then they don't even have to show up to work because they still got the job. They still get paid. So that has to change. So we need to basically purge the government of, I think, 75% of it, leave 25% and start over. You know, entire yeah. agencies need to be done away with. EPA, hmm. uh, education, energy, um, the Justice Department. There's no justice in the Justice Department. You know, and then, in fact, there's a new FBI building that's going to be bigger than the Pentagon. That's the scariest thing I've heard all day. Remember we reported that one? So the question yeah. is, where I disagree with you is not that things don't need to be done. They do. Where I disagree with you is I don't think the military is going to do it, and I don't want the military to do it because we don't have to. We've got the means within the Constitution to fix all this. We've written most of the legislation long. here to do it. No. <clears throat> it will take too long because these people are so corrupt and dirty. Okay. Well, there's still a lot of people. Wait, wait, wait. There's still a okay. lot of people believing in Biden. I'm like, 
I've seen interviews in the streets is, uh, who would you want to stay in the White House still, Biden mm-hmm. or Trump to return? Uh, and people are saying Biden. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Well, because all they hear is good news about him and bad news about Trump. Well, if if the military comes in to to save the Trump administration, who's to say the military can't come in and put Kamala Harris in the White House later, under a different set of circumstances? You know, if you allow the military this much control, who's to stop them from doing it another time and imposing a tyranny on us? It's just going to be temporary, the military. I don't know what's going to happen in a lot of Spanish countries and throughout Europe, some of the mm-hmm. countries that they're in, uh, with Trump to take over. With the military, temporarily, he's going to be here, but I don't know what's going to happen in those countries. Uh, Colombia, they're desperate. In Chile, they're desperate already. Venezuela, mm-hmm. I mean, Venezuela has been desperate for years. But uh, Brazil, they're desperate for military to take some action soon, but it's not time yet until it's going to happen all at the same time worldwide. Uh, see, but that's a lot to coordinate. That, that, see, that doesn't make sense well, to that's me what because, yeah, I, this is the part I don't believe yet. As you know, we've, we've talked about this before because yeah, I don't okay. see it. You know, I know it's okay, but I don't see it happening. And the reason I don't see it happening mm-hmm. is it's too hard to coordinate. D-Day was hard enough to coordinate. So let's, let's, let's follow through just in the United States. So let's assume the military is going to take over, and they're going to fix things. Yes, they will. How are they going to do it? Where are they going to go? Are they going to be the House of Representatives in the Senate? Are they going to replace the members well, that are there? Are they going to t- kick Biden out of, out of the, uh, the White House? Are they physically going to walk in and remove him? How are they going to do it? All these people are going to be removed. Uh, many people, like I said before, they're probably going to disappear on their own. Uh, they're not going to be able to handle prison time for life. Many of them are going to get more, get more, getting ready, prepared mm-hmm. to handle a lot. <clears throat> Plus, they're preparing a, a bunch of, of those huge ships to keep people in prison in the ship. Uh, they're getting ready. Uh, it's going to happen. All these years, we've been saying, well, they always get away, they always get away. And you hear it all the time, ah, I'm so upset because they're doing this, they're doing that, and they're going to get away. But this is well organized from a long time ago, uh, the intelligent military, and they chose Donald Trump because he's clean as a whistle. Uh, so they need to choose a man <clears throat> uh, way back. They've been uh, planning this. And uh, many will be at Gitmo. Uh, because right now, if you arrest this, if you arrest that, the court is so corrupt, corrupt to the bone. The court, so, the Supreme Court, the judges. <clears throat> yeah. So the military. So if this is going to wait, wait, wait. If this is going to work, the country. If this is going to work, then you're saying that the the Congress has to be taken over by the military, the White House has to be, has to yes. be taken over by the military, and the federal court system also has to be taken over by the military and set up military tribunals. Yes. If this is going to work the way you yes. say it's going to work. Okay, I don't want to live in that country. <laughs> I don't. Um, but so, but that's what you. Well, this is how it has to happen under this scenario. Until everything gets back to order, because right now it's impossible. Look, look at the Supreme Court. They reject to see the fraud. Since when the Supreme Court make a decision on something like that? The Supreme Court needs to be working with the people. They work for us, and at this time they're not working for us. It's all corrupt. Oh, because see. The the uh, criminals, the deep state, have so much dirt on some of these judges. 
on John Roberts, on this one, on the other one. The 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 thing is so deep, so deep. Mm-hmm. And when Donald Trump said we are going to clean, we are going to drain the swamp, he meant he was going to start with Ukraine. That's exactly what's happening. Donald Trump is draining the swamp in the Ukraine. Yes, what's going on? But here's the thing: everything the that you Ukraine want done. See everything you want done, and I agree with what you want done to 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 get us back yeah. to our original republic. Everything that you want done yeah. can be done without without a military takeover and without a military dictatorship. See, that's that's where we it's disagree. It's impossible. It's impossible I don't think so. right now. No, I don't think so. Yeah, it is. But that's okay. That's why because that's what we disagree see, on. It. You got the mentality. You got the mentality of America because you grew up since you were young, and the American mentality is everything has to be done by the law. But the law is so corrupt right at the moment. It's impossible for you to do things by the law right now. They're breaking our laws completely right in front of your faces. They're allowing all these illegals to come in and break our laws. Mm -hmm. They're breaking the laws completely with everything that they're doing. They're forcing innocent people to get the vaccine. If not, you lose your job. If not, you cannot travel. So, you know, they're breaking every law, this corrupt, deep state. And it's been going on for so long. And and you cannot stop them. No one can stop them. Because look at the high level right now. The president is a fraud. The Supreme Court are a fraud. Local judges are a fraud. There's a lot of policemen. Uh, CIA is a big fraud from years and years and years ago. FBI, they're well organizing all these shootings and killings. Uh, now the IRS is coming, ripping your doors. They don't even knock and come in there because they chose you as a target because you're conservative. This is what's going on in many, many situations at the moment. So nothing can really stop this corruption, the child trafficking, adrenochrome, uh, uh, fentanyl. It's coming through. Like like if, if like if it was candy, and the government is getting all this money from the cartels. They're working together. Child trafficking, yeah. adrenochrome, Google's in it, uh, Amazon is in it, Facebook is in it, everybody's in it. All the media's in it. Who do you go to? Who do you go to? In the American Ghostbusters. Who are you going to call? Yeah, uh, not not say funny, but quite honestly, <laughs> I I think I agree with how you describe the problem. I think you've described the problem absolutely accurately. I'm right with you there, but I disagree on the solution. I do not believe that yeah. a military dictatorship is is the way to go. Well, let's get Pianca. Let's get let's get another opinion. Pianca, We're not talking the about military, dictatorship. The no, military. No, no. How you doing, Josie? The military is the final authority. Is the second. It is from the final authority. In any country, look at Brazil. What's going on down there? Mm-hmm. So well, you talk about January the sixth. January the sixth never would have happened if the FBI had released Hunter Biden's laptop information. According to polls, exactly. Democrats sixty percent say they wouldn't have voted for Joe Biden if they had known that. Yeah. Well, so the military is the final authority. It is. It, it's, it's not that we're going to have a dictatorship military. Never. We will never allow that. They just have to come and take care of business until we go back to the American way. 
and that's exactly what's going to happen. I hear a lot of you, uh, a little, I hear a lot of talk shows and all that. They don't have a clue what's coming. They don't know what's happening. And that's what's going to happen. And it's coming. So we just have to be patient. Uh, the the Bronson brothers are trying to do something which is cute, which is nice. The beginning for people to stand. And the military uh, intelligence and Donald Trump are allowing for people to stand up and do something and complain. Uh, for the doctors to, to go to D.C. and nothing happened. Look, if there's any shooting any place, or if, if, if there's a bad batch of food poison or any vaccine that is killing at least 50 people, guess what? They stop it immediately. Not now, because this is well organized by them, all of it. The vaccines are well organized. The masks, including the medicines that they're giving, Rendesivir in the hospital, which they changed the name. So these people on purpose, they're murdering innocent people. And we are allowing it. I don't see a lot of people standing right in front of CVS or Walgreens screaming and crying here locally. There's a lot of kids going in to get the vaccine because parents are stupid. They're vaccinating all their kids. You know, it, is, it breaks my heart every time I hear, oh, so-and-so, this little boy, like the girl in my store, the little boy is paralyzed. Nine-year-old kid. That for nine years, he's been running, jumping, and everything. Not anymore. He's paralyzed because they probably gave him the COVID shot. And now the CDC or the FDA has approved that any child at the age of a few months old or whatever, or 18 days old or something, they can be given remdesivir. I mean, this is a crime against humanity, and the American people are just with the arms are crossed. They're not doing nothing, nothing about it, nothing. All I hear is all talk everywhere. That's it. You know, you look at Haiti. What does it take for Haiti to get back together? Hell, the military, they don't kill the president. They kill the police. There ain't no military, so we'd have to take an international UN military to come and restore some sort of order. The people, see, the major thing with these countries like Haiti, those people are not armed. They have no weapons. Nothing but sticks and and pots and pans. So uh, you got a problem. And, and you know, Bianchi, that's why they want to disarm the American people for a long time. It's been in full force since Obama got in office. Every little shooting that they have created and they have planned, and they did it, they come in full force. The first thing, they're not even crying about the dead kids in the school in Broward County. They, they they pay the teachers. They did everything. The first thing they want to do is Second Amendment rights. You're gonna lose your guns. You you know, they're not even crying about the the, the scene that is going on, and, and and it's been in full force since Obama has come. Well, since he was placed in our country because it was a big fraud, and uh, Donald Trump has all the evidence. All the way since 2004, we were told in this huge event that we were uh, last year or the year before, excuse me, in uh, in Mississippi. Yeah, they got all the evidence in their hands, all of it. And all the evidence of January 6th, it's about to release uh, so everybody can see it, the real truth about it. So these well, let's people talk about that because that's really watching, interesting. Uh, that's, that's really interesting. 41,000 hours 
a video that Kevin yeah. McCarthy, now that he's speaker, and I was against him becoming speaker, but this, I'll give him credit where, when he's right. This is the right thing to do. Uh, he didn't send it out to the world. He sent it out to, to Tucker Carlson, who I'm, I'm assuming has made you know, several copies of this already and distributed it to other places. But uh, this is huge. This is a good thing. Yeah. And they can now if they're smart, here's what I hope they do, is that they get a congressional hearing uh, of Republican only because they had a Democrat only hearing before. I don't care about those two that were on it, that were the, the rhinos on, on the, the previous one. But the Republicans need to hold their own Republican hearing now that the Democrats especially have established a precedent and take those 41,000 hours and, and edit the best of it over the course of a year, you know, during the campaign and say, this is what you miss. This is what really happened. This is why this wasn't an insurrection. This was a coup. This is why this is a takeover. So, so what do you think is going to happen with that? And then we'll get to Bianchi's point. But uh, I think this is fabulous. Well, what's, what's been going on is Donald Trump is in full control of Space Force, we were told. So even if these people didn't release those videos, Donald Trump has all the, all the information that he needs about everything. So uh, who's this we that tells you? Uh, have we ever defined who these who who tells you these things? What's what's the group? What's the person? What's the organization? What's could, give me give me some background. Uh, on, on, uh, go ahead. Well, Truth and Art TV reports it all the time. Uh, Truth. Uh, ex- Spell that. Truth. Truth what's the rest of it? Truth and Art TV with Bernie. He's our friend. Truth ex- and Art TV. And a doctor. Yeah. Truth and Art TV with Bernie. I have sent you videos in the past, but you don't have I know. time. I've watched you know, some of them. I know you're busy. Of. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, that's for X22 report, which he's, uh, he's very close friends with Bernie, and you never get to see his face. Uh, <laughs> Juan Osavi, uh, uh, David Strait, that he used to work with Donald Trump, and he got poisoned at the same time, Melania, because he was, t- he was protecting Melania. He was bodyguard at the time. So right. he got very ill with the food poison that they gave Melania, and he has some of it because she gave him some. So there's a lot going on that a lot of people don't know. They don't tell you. They don't report it. Uh, but all this January the 6th was well organized, and you know it, and I told oh, I know you it. what I saw with my own eyes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they got – and I guess you're going to find out what happened in the basement eventually. Uh-huh. Uh, Hoping to, well, do you know what Christina <laughs> Bob said? Christina, well, I think I think they had arms twisted. Now she has a little, uh, a, a less, you know, uh, direct view that she said that all those folks were convinced that you don't want to be like those nasty Trump supporters up top, you know, creating an insurrection. You want to be responsible and vote for for Brandon because you know that's the right thing to do. And, and enough people were convinced to do that. I think it's stronger than that. I think they were actually coerced. I think they were told that uh, you're not going to get your campaign funds. You know, you're not you're not going to run for like you'll never you'll never be you'll never work in this town again. <laughs> you know that whole thing. Uh, I think it's a lot stronger, but we don't know for sure yet. So let's let's see what really happened in the basement. I want to get to Pianchi's point too because I know he he want to talk about this as well. Pianchi. Well, if you know if you watch the hearing on the weaponization mm-hmm. of the federal government, which I looked at for about three point three hours. Yeah. The question was asked of the FBI, and not only there, but I think also in the Judiciary Committee. Mm-hmm. In the name, how many people you had amongst the crowd on January 6th? Right. They won't tell you. Well, they can't. You see pictures. I'll tell you why. Well, I, I why come Go they ahead. can't tell you? I'll tell you why. Because then you see be pictures up. of the no. FBI agents all taking a knee. Like they're supporting Black Lives Matter. 
Well, mm-hmm. that's there Absolutely. in itself. Is the answer. Each and every one of them should be fired. Well, it should be arrested. So more the, than that, I mean, contributing to a you know entrapment, false insurrection, you know, whatever the charges, you know, all, there's all kinds of charges that they should be on. Uh, Firing is the least. I mean, that's the first thing that should happen. I'll tell you why they can't answer the question. Here's so so Ted Cruz and I think some other folks. They said, you know, did you have FBI operatives on the grounds January 6th? And they say, I can't tell you. It goes to sources and methods. We can't explain that. Here's the thing: if they said yes, we did, okay. Then they've just admitted to a federal crime. They've just admitted to basically treason, even though we're not in times of war. They basically admitted to, to a coup d'etat, to overthrowing the government by the government. If they say yes, if they say no, then they're guilty of perjury because we know the FBI had people on the ground. We know Ray Epps was FBI. We don't know, but we know, right? But, you know, we know they were there because they were there because the Trump supporters were still back at the Trump speech because he started an hour late. See, the fact that he started an hour late now, I don't know if that was intentional. We haven't asked that question yet. Did Trump purposely start his, his thing an hour late because he knew that Arizona was going to be? He probably, right. he probably got information that knew what was going to go down. But so he starts an hour late. If, so the Trump can, supporters, if Congress, yeah. can, right. if Congress can't get that information out of the FBI, then what Josie is saying is legitimate. It's going to take somebody else and that somebody else is going to be the military. Now, see, I, I disagree. I disagree. It, it doesn't have to be somebody else. It has to be a legitimate no, government. But it, it, won't be, it can't be the military. You what you're going to do? Pass a law? Yeah. To tell you that the FBI's got to tell uh, answer the question. Mm-hmm. And then if Democrats win, uh, the speaker has got to assign the people to uh, perfect it. That never would happen. Okay. Well, let's get back to the question. I see. I think it, it has to happen that way. Uh, see, I'm, I'm a little more of a purist. I don't want a military taking over anything. But here's, let me answer the, the, finish the answer to your question. So the question, once again, did the FBI have people on the ground, you know, as, as part of a, of a government insurrection? The answer, if they say yes, again, they're admitting to a federal crime. They're admitting to a coup d'etat. If they say no, that's perjury because we all know that those were FBI people on the ground. So the only possible answer they can give and not be guilty of you know, treason or perjury is to say they can't answer the question. That's why they do it. Does that make well, sense? When a, well, when, I understand what you said, but when a citizen is on trial and they're on trial for evidence to show come out and say you did commit this crime, eventually, mm-hmm. hopefully, they do admit that they did commit the crime. But what I'm saying is you got these agencies <laughs> that's doing these underhanded things, mm-hmm. and uh, the only way you're going to stop them is somebody more powerful than them to stop them. Congress don't seem like they want to stop them. They could cut the funding. Mm-hmm. They don't. No, uh, what you need is, again, it really comes down to one person again. And so I think that person is Trump, but it's not just Trump. It's the it's what Trump believes in. It's the belief system. It's it's the uh, the patriotism that goes along with Trump. And people actually get the courage to take the individual actions and start voting for the right people and cleaning up the elections. What happens if they kill Trump? uh, What's that? What happens if they assassinate Trump? That would be horrible. I don't care if it's Mickey Mouse the president. There's things that has to be done. And and I mean. It's just I, like you I, got I, these you know, judges telling sheriffs that you got to, you have to go against the Second Amendment 
and confiscate people's weapons and all the other things that sheriffs said that they wanted. So, where? Do. Give me an example of that because this is. I mean, I've heard of it, but I want to, let's, let's talk about something concrete so we can we can analyze it. Where where is where has a judge said that uh, you know sheriff has to you know they're not saying violate the Second Amendment, but they say you have to enforce this law, which of course they don't. I think it was in Chicago. I think it was in Illinois. Okay, so do you, do you remember? Give me the details that you know or remember. Well, I have to look at it. I, I, I think well, okay. somebody. No. Uh, it I can came see up. I have to find it. Yeah. But I've seen no, I military see take over government. I've seen military take over government before, and they, after they got after they killed those, like in Ghana, when Ro- Jerry Rollins, who was a flight lieutenant for for Ghana's Air Force, hell, uh-huh. he took over Ghana's government. It killed those that went all the way back to the 1950s. That killed their first president, Kwame Nkrumah. He put them on the wall and had them shot. Yeah, it's usually a, a like a colonel or a, or a major or a captain that, that takes over. It's kind of interesting. It's not a general. Generals are too corrupt, generally, uh, to do that kind of thing. Now, uh, but see, the difference between those countries and the United States is the military is the only option. I believe that. Because if you've got a strong ruler and you don't have a constitution, basically the president makes up stuff and controls whatever legislature they have, parliament, you know, a, a congress, you know, then, then the military is the only option. See, we don't have that here. You know, Trump comes in, we, he can still inspire enough people in Congress to start removing some people in the Supreme Court. This would be a fundamental change. This would be new for a lot of Americans. There's a massive educational thing that needs to take place. I'm still against the, the military doing it, though. Yeah, unless you can but convince you know, me otherwise... Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Trump Trump is on a return and of course a lot of the evidence before he comes is coming right now pretty soon all the uh, the evidence of January 6th will come out and a lot of people mm-hmm. they have accused uh us including Basel's uniform uh cut me off because he says I'm a terrorist and, and he didn't want to do business with me no more because I went to the Capitol to support my president to Washington literally. Uh and, Who said this? And these people are radical left, and they're going to be singing a different tune when all the evidence comes out. But what's going to happen is still, once the evidence come out, there's going to be a lot of radical left people. They're still going to be on the side of the deep state. And, and, and there's, there's no way you're going to be able to handle all this corruption because it's so big. It's deep, mm. worldwide. And, uh, so, yeah, but people and are sheep. People tend to gravitate towards power. So if Trump has the power and can inspire people to vote and the tide looks like it's turning, see, the reason that people support the deep state is because it looks like the deep state's in control. The reason people vote but, for people is because they think they'll win. People love success. They're terrified. They, you know, they don't want to go. You go ahead. Can I tell you? Two people, uh-huh. uh, about three days ago, my neighbor that he's mm-hmm. a Christian man, that he goes to my church, and another old man that came. We started talking a little bit about politics and all that, and they both are upset with Trump. Uh, one, one, my neighbor says, oh, I don't like Trump. I voted for him. I know I'm a Christian man. He, he goes, but he divided the country. I say, excuse <laughs> me? What do you yeah. mean divided the country? It's the opposite, you idiot. Well, I didn't say that to him. But, and then the <laughs> other old man, he goes, he goes, oh, Trump is rude, Trump is this, and, and he's just making all this stuff, and, and he's a Trump supporter, but he said, not anymore. So I said, so what are you going to do? Are you going to keep Biden? And he just walked away. 
you know? Well, that's, so, that's the false narrative. See, this is where the media is so dangerous, and this is where the yeah. control of the media is so dangerous, and the censorship is so dangerous. People aren't against Trump because of what Trump is. People are against the, the false narrative of what Trump is. So they're actually against the wrong thing. And the only way to correct that is with the, with the positive narrative. So, and this was asked on One American News the other day, and I've asked that same question. Where is the conservative George Soros? Where is the multi-billionaires, you know, to come out and advocate for freedom? You know, where, in fact, I, was, I wrote this down as you, guys, as you two were, were talking. You know, if we had a, a UN, you know, Department of Freedom that was every bit as strong, if we had an alternate World Economic Forum, had a World Prosperity Forum made up of billionaire conservatives that said, no, their vision is completely wrong. We're going to, freedom is what brings prosperity. Freedom is what brings, you know, a, a decent government. Freedom is what uh, keeps the environment pure. Freedom and the ability, and one of the most important you components of freedom is liability. If you can sue for liability, then it becomes self-correcting. If we could sue for vaccine liability, that would be self-correcting. If the people could sue, you know, what is it, Norfolk uh, Southern Railway for liability, I think they can actually. That's what keeps companies honest. And if you could sue government people, so the biggest thing we need is government liability. If we can get government liability for the actions they take, you know, not the everyday stuff, but to the big decisions, if, especially if it can be shown that they willfully did something, you know, negligent or criminally, uh, you know, criminally negligent, negligent homicide, like the EPA burning all those chemicals, phosgene gas, that's criminal negligence. That's a, that is a crime against humanity. <clears throat> you know, these, the, the damage up, from this is, is absolutely massive. Well, that was, uh, mm-hmm. that was an Oregon court that rules. I just thought about it, that sheriff's refusal to enforce any laws, any gun laws, is racist, embraces white nationalists. So and apparently they put it on, on effect that they want uh, gun owners in, in uh, Oregon to have some device on their weapon uh-huh. that a honing device or something of that nature. It's kind of <laughs> like it was there in New York where the only place yeah. you can wear your gun is in the house. Yeah, which is stupid. No, they can't do that. That's like saying we well, have the ability to, to get a concealed carry permit, but then you can't carry it anywhere. <laughs> that's, that's, the old, that, that's the old double cross, yeah. Now, Oregon courts can't say that, and the sheriffs don't have to enforce it. What I'm saying is this. Yeah. And I'm going to put this in your message. They did do it. And see, here's the thing. Well, who complied with it? Though? This you don't have to comply with coming, that. That's just stupid. Well, they are. If not, they're going to lock them up. The sheriff? The fight this stuff is going through And it's all over the place. I mean, using kind of crazy language like white nationalism. So a white person has strong affiliation for the nation. He's a white nationalist, a yellow person, a yellow nationalist. There's nothing well, wrong I mean, with FDR that. FDR was a white nationalist. Uh, so was uh, Jack Kennedy. They were both white, and they were both nationalists. You know, I mean, I can carry this. Jimmy Carter was a white nationalist. He believed in this country. He believed in our nation. And he's white. So this idea of white nationalism is a bunch of, it's just stupid. It, what they're really saying is white supremacy. What they're really saying is, is, is white racist. I mean, that's what they're really saying. You're white. You, you're, you know, and, uh-huh. and being the only white guy on the show here today, which is kind of what it usually is, um, it, it's kind of interesting uh-huh. to talk about this. Oh, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of funny, especially when, when I got accused of being a racist and I'm the only white guy on the show. I said, well, this, okay, good luck with that. <laughs> it was, and you too. You remember Warren when he called in? 
I remember, yeah. I, yeah, I kind of trapped him into it, though. I, to be fair, I, I really maneuvered him into it's saying okay. it, which was kind of funny, actually, that I could do that. All right. Let's talk about these judges. How much power do judges have? And this, is, this comes to what I was talking about with Brianna earlier. Perception. You know, you either resist or you comply. You know, people do not. The problem is, it's like gun laws. If you openly carry a firearm, you, they will take away your rights, which they can't do, but they do it anyway. And they will enforce that with guns. So in other words, the government will use guns against you, even if you're complying with the Constitution and exercising your rights. So that's the problem. But as far as the sheriffs go, who have guns too, you know, any sheriff who knuckles under this ju- these judges' rulings is an idiot and, des- and doesn't deserve to be sheriff. That's their job to enforce the Constitution. And the Constitution is above anything that any judge says, unless what the judge says is in compliance with the Constitution. So these, these rulings are illegal. Mm-hmm. But people need to say that. We should get Lori on the line. Lori's up in Oregon. I'm going to get her. Give her a call. Hey, Lori. Yeah. Hope you're listening. Call us in. What's going on in Oregon? Call so the choices in. are, see, now a lot of people do what I did. I left California, uh, A, because I got a job here, you know, uh, at the great WEBY. But the other reason was I was getting out of California because I realized I would never win. There's no point in staying. The yeah. battle's lost in California right now. So enough people have to leave. <laughs> You know, and uh, just leave uh, rich, guilty white people and, and uh, poor immigrant uh, illegals. And that's the, basically the state right now. It can't function. Like that. It will yeah. collapse eventually, you know, but it, it, will, will. it will collapse under, under the weight of uh, there aren't enough guilty white people to support all the illegals that are moving in there. Yeah. You know, the, the, yeah. The, 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 the white people that believe in rights are leaving. <laughs> you know, actually, a lot of people are leaving California. You know, they're coming oh, here. Oh, yeah. I, I see. I see nurses coming every week from California, New Jersey, uh, Portland. I had a family the other day. Oh my God, it is bad mm-hmm. over there. It's like a, it's like a, like another country in Portland. Yeah. So here's it's a question bad. for you, Josie. Socialism. If the if the the people that work hard, and the people that have money, and property leave, sell their property, take all that stuff out. All you've got left are the people that are dependent on those other people for their money. See, socialism only works mm-hmm. if you have somebody to take money from. But if it's people that have the money and do the work, if all you have left are the people sitting on unemployment and welfare, socialism doesn't work. It totally collapses because there's nobody to take money the from. The country breaks. Exactly. Yep. So it's California... Like Venezuela. Was, look at, uh, tell me look about at it. Venezuela. Okay. Venezuela, one of the richest South American countries. I mean, that place prosper like you will not believe... I had a few super rich friends, and they lost all of it. The government froze their bank accounts, and they just left with whatever they had in their in their little suitcase to Miami and start all over. And the same thing in Nicaragua too. One of our uh, friends on a radio station, him and his wife, two little suitcases, and they fled the country. Hmm. No money, no cars. They had fancy cars, fancy home lost it all. So what happens is in communists, they promise, because I remember going to the meetings of the communists up uh, Sandinista uh, in 1977, they started brainwashing a lot of the little kids as young as 12. Uh And I got to go to a couple of those meetings when I was visiting there. And uh, so they, they tell all these poor kids in the neighborhood, which a lot of them were my little friends. They're dead, all of them just about there's only a few left that they're going to be rich that they're going to have cars houses 
that they're going to own the supermarkets. They're going to own everything. So they start brainwashing you with all the goodies that you're going to have. But like you just said a couple of minutes ago, the rich people flee. The rich mm-hmm. people that know how to make money is gone. So the country will be dead like Venezuela. In Venezuela, you can count the ribs of people because they're starving. They ate all the dogs and cats. They ate all the animals in the zoo in Caracas, Venezuela, which is the, uh, the, the one of the biggest cities they have, you know, the capital. And, and, you know, these people are starving. They have destroyed everything because a lot of the good workers fled the country. They once run in the oil companies. They're gone. And this communist uh, no-good leader, he's broken Venezuela completely, completely. And the same thing in Nicaragua. Well, Nicaragua is not as bad. Uh, uh, Daniel Ortega and his criminal wife, which is the vice president, and his kids are head honchos of all the other departments. They own the Sounds country. familiar. <laughs> Sounds like Saddam Hussein and the Castros in Cuba. They all do it. Exactly. Marcos yeah. in the Philippines. So, yeah, it's, it's a common so, thing. So, so communist does not work. And we see it over and over. And mm-hmm. and. and People's little kids and little college kids here, they believe all this garbage that the Bidens and CNN, MSABC, MTV, and Netflix is brainwashing all our kids, you know? And, and they've been bra- they, they, they're brainwashing their minds that you're not a boy, you're a girl. You're not, you're not a girl, you're a boy, you know, to mutilate their, their private parts. And, uh, and, and all this is brainwashing since 20 years ago. Here's your little dog. Your dog is your baby. So my niece goes, I'm not having a baby. My dog is my baby. I said, no, he's a dog. He's not a baby. So we argue about stuff like that with my family member. My niece, she's a lesbian. She likes boys. She likes girls. I said, make up your mind. What the heck do you like? You know? And we almost stopped talking to each other, but she tells me everything. And I help her and guide her, and a lot of times she allows me to pray for her, you know, because she's confused. But this is our system. It's confusing the children. And that's what they did in Nicaragua with my 12-year-old little neighbors and little friends, 14, 16 years old. But you know what, Greg? Most of them are dead. Most of my childhood friends are not here. You need to put your niece in a tumble dryer for about 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) You're nuts. What about the the? That's crazy. But the friends you've lost, what killed them? Poverty, uh, the government, were no, they in jail? They what got, what killed them? Uh, a lot of like two of my cousins, they found them in pieces. Uh, the Somoza, the Somoza military killed them because they became Sandinistas. My cousins, and the mm. only reason my 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 uncle recognize these kids because of the clothes they were wearing. Horrible. Uh, a lot, like one of my, bo- I was calling him my little boy friend. Uh, the uh, uh, Sandinista murdered him because he wanted to get out and you cannot get out once you get in. Uh, just like in Cuba. In Cuba, mm-hmm. if, if you don't go out to march, if you're healthy enough to go march in the street, Physically, they will break your legs with a baseball bat. Hmm. And my cousin witnessed that when she went to visit uh, Cuba uh, the second time. She was standing outside, and this young man, 
he felt like he had a little power because somebody was there from the United States. And he said, no, I'm not going to go march. And they said, here's the red T-shirt. You have to put it on and go march. He said, no, I'm not going. He was like 19, this kid. And literally they broke both of his legs. They said, well, you're not going to march no more. You're not going to walk no more. And my yeah. cousin uh, witnessed that. She was telling us when she came back from Cuba at that time. Uh, this is mm. about 20 years ago. But uh, I, have, uh, I have to interrupt for a second. No, I have, I have to interrupt. Yeah. I got to knock at my door, so I'm going to have to mute myself and let you two talk for a bit. Then I'll have to pick it up in a couple of minutes. So okay. I'll be right back. Yeah, All sorry right. about this, guys. So Bianca. Hi, FBI. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the FBI is last coming time, for Greg. That's the last time we're going to hear from Greg. <laughs> You're funny. He's going to be on Epstein's uh, Island. <laughs> yeah, but you know, uh, you know, uh, Bianchi, I was uh, I was watching a video, uh, changing the subject a little bit here. Uh, I was watching a video of uh, a lot of people standing and protesting in France against this government and the corruption and the vaccines. And I'm so proud of all these people that they're coming out by the thousands to protest in the streets. Did you see some of those videos yet? Yeah, I haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. So it's great. I was there's looking a, at the... A... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. There's no, another Greg video was talking about... that I was watching Greg was talking about... Yeah, Greg was talking. Did you see that one video I sent you about the guy that broke up the trafficking ring? You get a chance to look at Not that. Yet. It's a movie. Mm-hmm. It's Not just a yet. Movie. I haven't watched it. Mm-hmm. You know, when mm-hmm. you start making movies about things, that means that they are happening for real. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. But um, what I was going to say, I was watching another video of this Canadian actress. I forgot her name. And she's like, her face is almost paralyzed from the vaccines that he, she has taken. And she's making this video, can hardly open her eyes because one of her eyes almost shutting and, like, crying from being, like, paralyzed, you know. And, and she's saying, that, yeah, I shouldn't be making this video and all that. And she said, but you know what? I will do it again because that's the right thing to do, to take the vaccine. I'm like, you idiot. I just I just couldn't believe it. This video. I'm back. I'm back. Mm-hmm. So what's I heard the, the you FBI idiot part. You know, know yeah. Go ahead, Yankee. You know, you talking about you want to see more billionaires running governments. I don't want to see it myself <clears throat> because no. uh, they get set in the ways like Charlie Munger. He's he's totally against Bitcoin. And he holds a lot of shares of uh, Hathaway Berkshire, which sells oh, that's, for about uh, $463,000 per share. Warren and Buffett. you wouldn't believe it, but you got some institutions that have over 35,000 shares of Berkshire that's selling for $463,000 per share. Well, he never, he never uh, devalued. He never split his stock. He always, he's always kept it because it's a private company as far as I know, so he can do that, and he owns real estate everywhere. Um, so problem solved. I'm back. I want, Bianchi sent me this court case. I want to get into that a little bit. Uh, Josie, I don't know how much time you have, so let's uh, – I uh, have to go. I have to get ready to go make my living here. 
So okay. I'll be listening to you guys. God bless, and uh, we'll see you next week. Talk to you Thanks next week. Thanks for the report. Thursday. All right. Be right. careful, Josie. There we go. So if you can hang on for a couple of minutes, let me, let me play a couple of things here real quick, and then uh, then we'll come back. I've got uh, I want to talk to you about uh, James O'Keefe, but I, you've got this article here from the Oregon Court uh, Rule Sheriff's refusal to enforce any gun laws is racist, <laughs> embraces white nationalism. Let's talk about that because I'm going to read that during our little break here, but that sounds fascinating to me. <laughs> so if you can stick around, let's do that, and I'll be back and uh, uh, let's start from the other end of my. Uh, of my my commercial announcements here back in about eh, three or four minutes. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strike Force, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, W-Y-L, to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at strikeforceenergy.com. That's strikeforceenergy.com. Start your engines. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend, Jason Myers, and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. From Addiction to Achievement that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with my pillow and now goes to my coffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of my pillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws. My pillow pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Action Radio is guaranteed to be the most controversial show you will ever hear. Check out their products with our discount code at MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. That's MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. Or order now by calling 1-800-544-8939. That's 1-800-544-8939. Sleep well so you can wake up and hear Action Radio Live. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, 
social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. All right, let's get back in our news reporting mode here. Teletype and see what Piaki has uh, sent me. And this comes to us from the Daily Caller. Gun laws and legislation, Oregon court rules, sheriff's refusal to enforce anti-gun law is racist, embraces white nationalism. Now, I don't know about you, Piaki, but it seems to me that the terms racist and white nationalism do not generally appear in constitutions or statutes, unless it is particularly a civil rights statute or something like that. So uh, so what's this judge talking about? <laughs> Your turn. I don't know how these judges get on in the, on the bench. That's a good question. To be able to use a terminology like that. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, and Oregon has became a strange place of late. Yeah, it's too bad. It's such a pretty and state, I, too. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, this this law here where... You know, sheriffs are elected and they're bound by the U.S. Constitution as a judge should be. And mm-hmm. I think that he's totally, you know, if you got cities that can declare sanctuary cities for illegals, mm-hmm. so you're going to say that cities can't declare Second Amendment sanctuary zones for something that's guaranteed by the Constitution? That's Let me legal? tell you yeah, I want to tell you a story about that. This is why I found this particularly interesting in the break. So let's get people caught up. So the article says an Oregon judge ruled Wednesday that local governments cannot declare themselves Second Amendment sanctuaries. Again, judges can't make policy. So this is bogus right there. So they've already exceeded their authority, and they need to be removed from the bench. And that can be done by impeachment and the state legislature. So that's the first thing. Then he says, further saying that the sheriffs that implemented a Second Amendment ordinance we're embracing racist and white nationalist ideologies. Well, you know what? The law is the law. You can be the most racist person in the world and still support the Constitution. <laughs> you know, I don't know if we've ever talked about that. You know, what if, what if the sheriff, so let's get a sheriff who's just a complete racist, but still enforces the law. Are they, are they, uh, is that a problem? I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm just saying, is it legally, is it a problem? If a sheriff's completely racist, let's say it's a, a black sheriff who's racist against white people, a white sheriff who's racist against Asians, or an Asian sheriff who's racist against Native Americans. And they do I'm, exist. I'm, exactly. Of course they exist. But the point is, can you be a, is, is being a racist disqualifying for being a sheriff? 
if, now here's the big if, and this is probably the part that's impossible. I don't know. I'm just kind of working through a scenario. I'm, I'm trying the legal argument. Uh, as, long as, you, as long as you enforce the laws equally, you know, you may do, because some people do things on the job they don't like, right? Everybody does that, right? So say, let's say a sheriff doesn't like enforcing the law equally on whatever their prejudice is, but they do it anyway. And nobody's, nobody, nobody can fault them. They may hate it. Oh, gee, I really wish these people well, you know, would just go away. But, but is it legal? That's, that's the, see, being a racist is not illegal. Right. That's, that's what I'm asking. Because if you, want to look at a prime, if you want to look at a prime example of something tantamount to climate change, it's mm-hmm. the definition of these words like racist. It changes worse than, or should I say, about as, as equal as the weather does. Mm-hmm. And unless yeah. you violate a U.S. citizen's civil rights and your actions, hell, Christianity can be, uh, Christian can be uh, a racist in the application of Christianity. Say that uh, these are the only books you can read, or you can't read this book. Well, you're mm-hmm. violating that person's civil rights. Mm-hmm. So, no, uh, racism. Mm-hmm. In this broad definition and examples of today, mm-hmm. is not all illegal. Yeah, if you're uh, if you're a member of a black church, say, real Pentecostal. In fact, I, I used to have a church that I'd uh, uh, listen to and occasionally visit. You know, not far from where I lived in San Francisco, the church was like I think it was all black members. Is that church racist? No, <laughs> unless they specifically exclude people of other colors based on their color. But the fact that you have a black church that, that has black members, that's, that doesn't mean it's racist. In the same way that a white church has a bunch of white people. You know, I mean, or, or just the, if all the members are of one race, does that make the church racist? Only if they preach it. But again, it's still not against the law. It's still not against the law to, you know, unless you, well, I don't know how you do that because church membership is private. That'd be an interesting question. I'm not sure on that. My point, though, my point, though, is if somebody is in government and they're enforcing the law equally, regardless of their personal feelings, then racism, you know, racism alone is not justification for removing them unless they use that in their policy. That would be different. And I think it'd be hard not to, but I'm just saying, you know, arguing, uh, you know, a case in this case, uh, does that, you know, can you use racism and, and white nationalism uh, to condemn sheriffs saying that they, they can't create these Second Amendment sanctuaries? And the answer is no. <laughs> so the judges are on. Well, not only that. Prejudice well, is on the judge. Sure. Uh-huh. What is a sheriff's responsibility? Uphold the law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the sheriff didn't put the law on the ballot. The sheriff didn't come out and vote how many hundreds or th- hundreds of thousands of, of voters that came out and approved it. The mm-hmm. sheriff is upholding the law. So for yep. a court to say that a sheriff can't uphold the law, that just needs to be thrown out on his head. Mm-hmm. Here's another question, too. No, you're absolutely right. Can a state vote away constitutional rights? No, because the Constitution allows the states to exist. Yeah. The states ratified the Constitution. The state said that the supreme law of the land is the Constitution. So if Oregon comes along and says, we don't care about the Second Amendment, we're going to create a law that openly violates the Second Amendment, and we're going to require sheriffs to enforce it, they've made two mistakes. One, that law is invalid because it's always subordinate to the Constitution, as all gun control is illegal, because it's subordinate to the Constitution. So this judge can't say that. The judge, needs, the judge doesn't know the law. Some people say, do you know as much as, as a judge? Well, in this case, apparently we know more. So let's talk about this next paragraph. Chief Judge Jim Egan of the Oregon Court of Appeals ruled, <laughs> give opinions, folks, 
uh, unless it's a case, ruled that the sheriffs did not have the authority to create sanctuaries that, quote, create a patchwork quilt of firearms laws in Oregon. They didn't do that. All they did was uphold the Second Amendment. This is further saying that the sheriff's arguments go in the dustbin. Well, that's actually English, which is kind of funny, according to the ruling. Sheriffs in Oregon began to introduce Second Amendment sanctuaries after Oregon passed Ballot Measure 114, which we've just determined is illegal in itself. Then it says, which requires background checks, firearm training, fingerprint collection, and a permit to purchase any firearm. Okay, it goes a lot further than that. That's the, that's the nice version <laughs> of Proposition 114. The real version is something quite different. So, so the, the question is, on this, on this judge, uh, this is absurd. Oh, I was going to tell you about Second Amendment sanctuaries. So meanwhile, uh, this is back 2015, maybe early 2016. I'm not sure where it was. I've, I've got an article on Canada Free Press on this. But um, there was a, there was a, somebody made a comment. Uh, do you know about the state of Jefferson? Have you ever heard of, of the proposed state of Jefferson? Northern California, Southern Oregon. No, I haven't. Okay. So Jefferson... So the conservatives in Northern California and Southern Oregon, the Northern Californians don't like Sacramento and the Southern Oregonians don't like uh, Portland. They think they're not representative. So they proposed for almost 100 years now to take the Southern counties of Oregon, the Northern counties of California and form the state of Jefferson, be our 51st state. Many counties have passed this in California almost enough to put it uh, to send it to Congress you know, as a, as, a, as a new state. So they're almost there. That's the funny part about it. So the, the capital would be Redding. Now, I've been to Redding, California. It's, it's a really interesting place. It's a conservative bastion. It's what California should be, you know. If it, it's, and it's, it's very unlike, you know, the liberal cities. You know, people are happy. It's, it's, it's a little too hot because it's, it's a bit inland. But the point is that there was a radio station up there, and this is before I got into radio. And, and some guy made a comment in Canada Free Press talking about, you know, illegal alien sanctuaries and said, why don't we have a Second Amendment sanctuary? I thought, you know, that's brilliant. That's a great idea. So I called this radio station and I said, hey, guys, what do you think? Here's the proposal. And I wrote an article on it, too. And I sent him the article. I said, well, let's talk about this. Well, how about you guys become a Second Amendment sanctuary in California? So this is something they've actually been talking about in this area, this Jefferson area, Southern Oregon, Northern California, of creating Second Amendment sanctuary. So this isn't new. This has been kicking around for, for you know, seven or eight years now. So that's why this is so fascinating to me. So this is the sheriffs obviously have heard about it because they probably heard me on the radio and they heard everybody else with their comments and everybody who's talked about it since. You know, so this has been kicking around for, for, for a good long time. That's where this is coming from. I even wrote an article on Second Amendment sanctuaries. I was one of the first. And so this idea is not new. Uh, this is why, that's where I got the idea from, uh, for illegal alien free zones, which is the opposite of a sanctuary city for illegal aliens. Because you can't, sanctuary cities by themselves are illegal, <laughs> you know, because they harbor fugitives. So, so the, the, they can't be allowed to stand. Anyway, but the point is that this judge is so far off base, this judge should be recalled. This judge needs to be gotten rid of. And I'm not sure if the people in Oregon um, know they can do it. I don't know. Do you know what the recall procedure is? We need Lori. We're going to get Lori on the show. What the recall procedure is for judges in Oregon, because it's a state court. They got recall provisions. I know that because I've looked it up before. Yeah, most Western states, yeah, California has a recall. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But what about this? This is the, the history of white supremacist ideology. What about the Second Amendment is white? I don't see the word white in the Second Amendment. Greg, that's some, that is some bull crap that has came along and led since George Floyd. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting that, that uh, gun laws are some of the most racist laws in the country. The laws that disarmed freed black slaves in the South. 
you know, where the Democrats were in charge. Um, that you take a look at the Sullivan laws, you know, that disarmed the Irish in New York. Well, they weren't racist, but they were certainly bigoted and prejudiced. But the same, but the, these well, laws have always been used agency, to control people. Hmm? Go ahead. A government agency that needs to be dissolved, probably, <coughs> is AFT. Oh, of course they do. They're, they're, yes, there's no constitutional authority. Well, did you read my bill, my disarmament bill? That's one of the first things I do is get rid of the uh, most of the Justice Department. Uh, certainly all the armed parts of the Justice Department, because none of them have authority to be armed. The ATF has no authority to exist. Its existence is based on violating the Second Amendment. That's where right. all these anti-constitutional gun laws is coming from, based on the interpretation of the director mm-hmm. and what he thinks or perceives mm-hmm. the statute to say. Yeah. So, so it's we... his reading, in this, and, and I think it's intentionally, his reading of the statute is where he creates these uh, regulations, mm-hmm. and people don't. Then people take the regulations to court and challenge them. Then you have judges like this one here in Oregon mm-hmm. that renders their challenge with no basis. Yeah, but so his, his ruling is bogus. Yeah, yeah, his ru- his ruling is completely bogus, and the fact that he believes, or he's even arguing, that. That, uh, that the Second Amendment is racist or white supremacist means they have no business on the court. They're not making the decision based on law. They're not using the, the Constitution as the supreme law of the land and not interpreting it, but simply using it because judges can't interpret. To interpret is to change from one thing to another. That's what interpreting does. When you interpret a language, you change it from one language to another. If you interpret a law, you change the meaning to what you want it to mean. That's why laws aren't interpreted. They're read. And if the laws aren't specific enough, go back to the legislature and have them amend it. That's generally what happens with court cases. When a jury nullifies a law, it, it's supposed to go back to the legislature and they fix it because, <laughs> you know, the law is unclear or it's used for unintended consequences. That's why juries are so important. But that's another thing people don't know about. All right. Let's um, – I want to I ask you about uh, – do you have any more comments on this? Because we, we've talked about this, but we haven't talked about James O'Keefe and Project Veritas. And I started to earlier with Brianna, but I, I want to get your take on this. Well, you got the same thing going on in Illinois with some sheriff based on what has came out of the Governor Pritchard administration against guns. But uh, let's go well, on something else. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, yeah. And, and again, anytime a judge rules against the Second Amendment or, or upholds a, a, uh, a gun control law, they're violating the Constitution. The, 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 the ban under Clinton of certain semi-auto firearms, you know, normal magazines and all that other stuff was completely unconstitutional. I don't know what the hell the Supreme Court was thinking. I don't know what the Congress was thinking even passing that. I don't know why those folks weren't recalled by their state. See, this is where the state legislatures, you know, should have recalled um, all, their, all their members. See, what they would do that is see if the Senate was controlled by the state legislatures, they, would, they could have immediately recalled their senators and said, look, you idiots, you can't vote for this. This is unconstitutional. You know, so that's, that's where the states need to get their, their senators back. All right. So my contention is, totally change the subject. Maybe I should play something. <laughs> Let's do a little 30-second uh, 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 musical interlude. Let's do another. I, I need to start doing these things more often here. Uh, so where is my broadcast page? I could play Biden's Dark Winter, but I played that too much. Let's try something else here that would, uh, that would break up the monotony for a second here. Uh, oh, here we go.
topic change here at Action Radio. We're not going to move into conspiracy mode. <laughs> I think, I think there is a conspiracy between the government and Pfizer to remove James O'Keefe from Project Veritas. That's what I think. What do you think? Well, wasn't that based on the one video we seen where the walking reporter was questioning the, uh, the Pfizer CEO? I can't put names to the faces. Yeah, yeah. There was a. It's interesting. The guy said, uh, you know, I was on a date. I was trying to impress a date. Of course, the person he's talking to was a guy. So that, that the fact that he's gay gets left out of the conversation, which I think is interesting. Um, the other part of it is that uh, he's a director. And he looks really young. He's, so he's a very young director at Pfizer. But the third was the fact that he was so obviously talking about things that uh, he shouldn't have been talking about, but he did anyway, which is great. That's the nice part about Project Veritas, catching people in public. They always do this in public or in, in the company. They, they never, it's not private homes. It's not uh, you know, what you think of private conversations with an expectation of privacy. You talk like this in a bar, you, know, you can be overheard. That's, that's how it works. Anyway, but uh, so he talked about mutating the viruses so that they could sell more vaccines. That's what they talked about, which leads to the, to the question, are all the, uh, the mutations genetically engineered ahead of time as opposed to creating? I'll ask Robert Malone that. Robert Malone's going to be on the show Friday. That would be a great question for him. Mutating viruses. Man-made? <laughs> Well, you know, the thing is, is that uh, any time that you, they got ways, it's always a way to try to, just like they did Roseanne Barr for making uh-huh. an accurate assumption on what she was, was looking at. Uh-huh. And I agree with her assumption. It does look that way. I try to get on the And show. they got these ways. <laughs> that's, that's the weaponization of privilege. Yeah. Yeah. You got the weaponization of the FBI and other government agencies, IRS, so on, so on. Then you also got the weaponization of privilege. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I tried to get Roseanne Barr on the show for a long time. She's doing a comedy tour. She's back. It was just announced. I think One America or Newsmax announced it last night. They've had an ad for uh, Roseanne Barr's comedy tour. So good for her. I thought she always got the, the raw treatment anyway. They made up stuff about her, uh, just like they made up stuff about Trump. They make up stuff, they're going to make up stuff about, about you and me, too. That's going to be fascinating. Uh, you, you'll be the, the Uncle Tom of Action Radio, and I'll be the white supremacist. <laughs> that, that's how it's going to go. So, uh, so get ready for that. All right. So I wrote a couple things down. First of all, I talked about yesterday being non-president day because we have a non-president in the White House. So you can't celebrate President's Day when you don't have a president. That was my first contention. On this topic, I wrote down, uh, did, did big government and Pfizer conspire to bribe or extort the board, that would be the board of directors of Project Veritas, to get rid of O'Keefe? I thought so. That's what I put down. And then as I'm listening to his 45-minute statement, um, he said he, – he quoted something. He had the, the screenshot. He had the text. He had everything uh, and from one of the directors to one of the other or, from, or to a journalist who said, you get a raise if there is a restructure without James O'Keefe. So there's your money. So they were bribed. You get a raise if there is a restructure without James O'Keefe. So in other words, if the company dumps him, then the board gets a raise. Maybe everybody gets a raise. So that's how I know the fix is in. And, this, I, and I already decided that, 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 uh, that there was a conspiracy to get rid of him. And then James, and anybody, anybody can check it. You know, go listen to uh, James O'Keefe's statement. It's about 45 minutes, but it's in the last maybe 15 minutes of it. It's right there. It's pretty obvious. So my next thing was, who are the members of the board? 
Now, Jonathan has already texted me a few. I don't have time to look at it now. Obviously, I'm on the air, uh, but I'll have that for tomorrow. Who are the members of the board? And were they people who could be influenced? You know, do they have a background, you know, in big tech or government or something like that? Or are they just criminals? The other thing I was wondering is, is it a public company? I don't think so. I think Jonathan said it's still privately held. But why would you have a board of directors if you're, if you're a privately held company? And then I think they're a nonprofit. That's the biggest problem is they're a nonprofit. Because a nonprofit has all kinds of rules. You can't get political if you're a nonprofit. And I guess it costs a lot of money to run the thing. See, Action Radio is a for-profit corporation. I am the, the sole proprietor, you know, running this whole enterprise here. But it's an enterprise. It's a for-profit company. I pay taxes on money that comes in, you know, and uh, I will never be a nonprofit because I always want to keep the status of being able to be political. And this will always be privately held. I'm never going to have a board of directors. Never. I don't want a bunch of people trying to tell me what to do. The whole point of doing this is so that nobody would tell me what to do. So sink or swim, I'm doing it on my own with all your help. But the point is, no one tells me what to do, <laughs> you know, right or wrong. You know, we go forward. But someone tells, but, but how can you take Project Veritas and go to James O'Keefe? That's like the Trump administration without Trump. It wouldn't be a Trump administration. You have a bunch of minions running around lost. So let me throw it back to you, Pianchi. Looks like they were paid off. Well, yeah. They were. I what else question. would it be? Well, that's that exactly, exactly. Now, here's the question, though: What is the crime of bribing a nonprofit company to dump their 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 founder, president, you know, CEO? And who would pay them? And where would the money come from? If it came from outside of, if it came from inside, that means they're bribing each other. But if it came from outside, the only two sources that I would think of would be a secret government slush fund, which is very likely, or Big Pharma. I mean, or Pfizer especially. Where else would it come from? Where else would a bribe come from? Well, you may have some politicians standing on the outskirts. Okay. You may have a company standing on the outskirts. Okay. Very possible. country, I'm sorry, it could be a Ukraine on the outskirts. It could be a China or Japan on the outskirts. You never know. Well, why would they benefit? You what would, to... how, would, how would Ukraine benefit? Has Project Veritas ever done an operation against Zelensky, for example? I mean, they probably should. <laughs> That'd be great. I don't think I've never seen one. I mean, I could check their website, but I don't think they've done one. But here's something I found. You know me. I like to look into the background of stuff. So I found something in Real Clear Politics from October 4th of 2021. So we're over two years ago. And it says, Pfizer scientists to Project Veritas, your antibodies are probably better than the vaccination. Pfizer scientists to Project Veritas. So my contention is, once I found this, I thought, oh, wait a minute. This has been coming for a couple of years. So Pfizer's had it in for O'Keefe for quite a while. So check this out. This is by Ian Schwartz, S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z. Uh, October 4th, 2021, in Real Clear Politics, title of the article, Pfizer Scientist to Project Veritas, and this has a colon, your, in quotation marks, your antibodies are probably better than the vaccination. So here's the article. Project Veritas founder James O'Keefe reports on a Pfizer scientist have stronger immunity than those who received their vaccine. Nick Carl, that's K-A-R-L, a biochemist at <laughs> Pfizer, with improvement in the development of their vaccine, told the undercover journalist, quote, your antibodies are probably better than the vaccination. 
when somebody is naturally immune, like they got COVID, they probably have better, like not better, but more antibodies against the virus. Then the quote is, so when you actually get the virus, you're going to start producing antibodies against multiple pieces of the virus. So your antibodies are probably better at that point than the vaccination. And this has always been the problem. I'm going to ask Dr. Robert Malone about this. The, 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 the so-called the non-vaccine only protects you against that little tiny part of the, non, of the, the non-virus that they give you. Whereas if you have regular, if you're a regular immune system, you'll go, you go against the entire virus. That's why immunity works better than, than the, the jab, because the jab is very specific and actually blocks your ability to protect against all the other things, but your immune system is much more general. And then the quote is... Well, you know, is, you're right. Go ahead. Yeah, but how go ahead. long do you have to try to convince people mm-hmm. on that scientific fact? It's just a waste of time. Yeah. If you put the evidence out there and they still... I want to call it a conspiracy theory? Well, leave them alone. I don't know what else to say. What are, yeah. you know? It's just like when you on uh-uh, gun laws, <clears throat> you have uh-huh. to go through all this process of bringing up examples when a citizen used a gun to save their life or somebody else's life uh-huh. over and over and over again. It's just uh-huh. ridiculous. Well, here's the thing too, and this is this is kind of a crazy thought, and I would never argue this except on the show here. But even if the Second Amendment caused more crime for whatever reason, it's still the Second Amendment because it's not designed for criminals. It's not designed for the illegal use of firearms. In fact, the Second Amendment doesn't even talk about use of firearms. So the fact that some people argue that we may have more gun crimes here or crimes committed with firearms you know, that, are, that are lost or stolen or taken from cars or who knows where people get their firearms, that doesn't change the right of the honest law-abiding citizen to always have access to their gun, and, a, and the government can't uh, touch that. So you have to separate yeah, absolutely criminal right. use. That's what I complain about. Okay. I complain Come about in. that all the time. Yeah. You're in a state, you're in a mm-hmm. district, you're having problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good year that's uh, advertising don't shoot as it flies over. But anyway... <laughs> You like that one? Yeah, my Facebook page? Yeah, I found that. I found that on a friend's page. Yeah, you got the Goodyear blimp, which is don't shoot. (laughs) That's really funny. We have our moments here. But uh, it goes back to the same principle. You got these politicians like Sheila Jackson Lee want to enact a Mm -hmm. federal act to cover all 50 states Mm -hmm. when she's got a particular problem in her district that other states, other districts don't have. Well, Mm -hmm. why don't you just continue with your own district. That's not the liberal mentality. See, if a liberal doesn't want guns, they don't want anybody to have guns. If a conservative doesn't want guns, they just don't buy them. <laughs> so that's the difference. You know, that, that, that's, that's always the classic example. The left wants the same thing for everybody that they want. And they can't have it. Not in a free country. But don't you find it interesting that, uh, that Pfizer, that this goes, this is two years ago. It was over two years ago that Pfizer started having problems with Project Veritas because Pfizer where the, the, the executives were saying things, they were, telling, they were actually telling the truth. Then it says here, it's just about making it so inconvenient for unvaccinated people to the point where they're just like, you know, F it, I'll get it, you know? <laughs> Only he uses the real word in the quote. Then another five, you know, so, so that's it. So in other words, it's just about making it so inconvenient for unvaccinated people to the point where they just say, ah, I'm going to get it anyway. And that's, that was the strategy. So the whole point of mandates, the whole point of all this stuff, of job stuff and all that, was well, that, that the mandates were different, but they're trying to make it inconvenient. They're trying to make your life difficult, so you have to buy the product. 
Can you think of any other company that has the power to make your life miserable so you buy their product? I can't. Well, someplace out there, it probably does exist, and you just have to unfortunately run into it. Okay, well, well, just, well, hang on. It's just like okay. it's just like these uh, states that saying that new homes can't have natural gas hookups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, that to me, that's a violation of our of our of our right to our own energy source. We actually had that in the Australian Bill of Individual Rights. Jen Clark and I came up with that. That uh, part of your freedom, not only do you have a freedom to travel, uh, a freedom to live in, the, in the, the type of dwelling you choose, you have a right to your own energy source. You know? And so that would mean gas stove. So if people want to have a gas stove, the, the, the government can't block that simply as long as it's, it's legal. Now, if they're going to make gas itself illegal, then you can't use it in the power plants, right? Because it would be illegal. If you're going to make coal illegal, you can't use that in the power plants either. <laughs> you know? And in fact, I would like to see electric cars the only source of electricity for electric cars has to be wind and solar to be truly green. I would change the definition to green, that green can only mean power derived from wind and solar. And so all those charging stations, they better have a solar panel up front. You know, they better a have a point. windmill. You know, so so, so I, I like this idea. All chargers, all, I'm going to make a bill on this, all electric chargers, electric, so let's make it all public. Electric car chargers, have to be powered by a windmill and a solar panel <laughs> to be green. Do you like that idea? Great idea. See the fun we have on this show? So our creative minds by windmills. I might do this one today. This one's going to be an easy one. And windmills and solar panels. S-O-L. See, I write too fast. I misspell things. Panels. But I have to write it so I can read it after the show. All right, so there we go. So let's go back to this article. This is quite fascinating. Another Pfizer scientist, Chris Croce, I guess that would be like uh, Jim Croce, C-R-O-C-E, agreed with Carl's comments about immunity from antibodies. And this is transcript, and this is via Your News. I'm not sure where that's I should, I think I'll check that site. Veritas journalist. So I am well protected with antibodies. Chris Croce, Pfizer senior associate. Yeah, <laughs> Veritas. Like as much as the vaccine? Croce, probably more. Veritas, how so? Like how much more? Croce, you're protected most likely for longer since there was a natural response. Croce expressed dismay with this company's direction and moral compass. Veritas, so what happened to the monoclonal antibody treatments? Croce, it got pushed to the side. Veritas, why? Croce, money. It's disgusting. Croce, I still feel like I work for an evil corporation because it comes down to profits in the end. I mean, I'm there to help people, not to make millions and millions of dollars. So, I mean, that's the moral dilemma. Sure is. Veritas, isn't it billions and billions? Croce, I'm trying to be nice. Veritas, no, I hear you. I hear you. I do. I mean, I'm still, I'll still give you a hard time about it. Croce, basically, our organization is run on COVID money now. That's a Pfizer scientist. So, it's reasonable to assume that Pfizer hates James O'Keefe. I think it is. Well, yeah, you have had individuals that wouldn't have, 
and I had one on the tip of my mind, it slipped, but you have had individuals that go out to corporations or manufacturers, and uh, there's a battle between them. Uh, in in, in Missouri, you had, uh, I think her name was Harriet something. Hmm. She was uh, head of the uh, Consumer Commission, Energy Commission, Harriet Woods. And she was constantly fighting. She was constantly fighting uh, rate increases by, at that time, it was Union Electric. And so what was she trying to do? I missed, uh, I was momentarily distracted. Well, so was, what was her? She was, she was telling the legislature that uh, these utility companies is raising rates excessively and it's mm-hmm. causing a burden on the public. Same thing you had in Texas where they tried to float a proposition that would allow, that would allow Beto, I guess it was Beto at the time, Mm-hmm. to pay for, allow the people to pay for the uh, pay for the powerhouse before it was built. Yeah, so that's like stadiums. You know, when a sports team says, you know, we want, we'll build a stadium in your town, but your taxpayers have to build it for us. That's extortion. <laughs> that shouldn't be allowed. You know, you shouldn't pay for the, for our product. In other words, companies have to get venture capital. They have to do research and development. They have to do advertising. They have to do marketing. They have to do transportation, manufacturing, distribution, all that wholesaling. That's what companies are responsible for. We're only responsible for buying the product if we want it. But the idea that taxpayers have to fund, this is why I say if it's too big to fail, it's probably just too big. But if a company can put themselves, it's like Amazon. If Amazon said, yeah, we'll, we'll set up a distribution center in your town, you know, bring lots of jobs in, lots of money, but you've got to pay for it. That's extortion. Well, Amazon do, done away is doing away or have the ability for customers to dedicate to a particular charity of their choice. Well, you can always give on your own, though. You don't have to, you know, I mean, just as Amazon, you know, there being a bunch of ungodly, you know, traders. <laughs> it was convenient. It was convenient with them because they had the mechanism of computing and I'm mm-hmm. sorry, calculating and then yeah. applying it. Yeah. You see the supermarket checkouts. Do you want to give $5 to breast cancer? No, let me know when it's prostate cancer, then I'll donate. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> I actually said that. One time it was kind of interesting. Yeah. And why why is that? Point you made, didn't <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, I see breast cancer stuff everywhere. I What about prostate cancer? You know, where, where's the guy cancers? They're not the, uh, see, that's the problem with being men. You know, there's, the prejudice against us is huge. All right. Let me give you another article. This is actually from Project. Project Veritas, their own website. Microsoft Corporation legal documents show Biden DOJ, that would be the KGB, uh, spying on Project Veritas journalists, hides it from federal court judge. So this is the other extreme, right? So it says here, New York, March 21st, 2022. So last year, less than a year. Bombshell Microsoft Corporation legal documents released by Project Veritas reveal that, I can't say it, I'll say it, resident Biden's Department of, of Justice slash KGB, filed a series of secret warrants, orders, and a subpoena to surreptitiously collect privileged and constitutionally protected communications and contacts of eight Project Veritas journalists from Microsoft Corporation. Of course, Microsoft, that's Bill Gates, right? So, of course, they, they, they went along with this, right? The Department of Justice, 
the Department of Injustice, then muzzled Microsoft from disclosing these orders via a series of secrecy orders signed by magistrates. Who the hell are magistrates? Then it says the document further revealed that the DOG then went behind the U.S. District Court Judge Annalisa Torres back to obtain extensions on the gag orders on Microsoft from magistrate judges. Those are like administrative people. They're not real judges, right? After Judge Torres ruled Project Veritas was entitled to journalistic privileges. In other words, the First Amendment. I had the part about the First Amendment. They didn't. Despite multiple opportunities, back to their website, to do so, the DOJ slash KGB has not publicly disclosed the orders, warrants, or subpoenas to Judge Torres or Special Master Judge Barbara Jones, who was appointed by Judge Torres to protect Veritas, quote, journalistic privileges, in other words, the First Amendment, from potential DOJ slash KGB overreach. Judge Torres ruled that the DOJ's investigation must be overseen by Judge Jones and ordered the DOJ not to reveal any materials seized from Project Veritas without Judge Jones' approval. Well, you know what that meant. <laughs> they didn't care, right? And then it says the DOJ has, has not sought Judge Jones' approval to review Project Veritas materials seized from Microsoft. The documents uncover a 16-month clandestine campaign against journalists in which the DOJ obtained seven secret orders, warrants, and subpoenas from six magistrates, in other words, illegal judges, within the Southern District of New York, the same federal jurisdiction that's always prosecuting Trump. Big surprise, right? Same people. Paul Kelly, an attorney for Project Veritas, fiercely opposed the actions of the DOJ slash KGB, that's my addition, which he called an act of violence to the First Amendment. Yeah, me too. In a motion filed, uh, yeah, well, they kind of mess up here. Motion filed Tuesday, Kelly argued, quote, by the time Project Veritas filed the motion to appoint a special master, the government, that's what Trump had. Remember he had a special master for classified documents? Right. The government already had the opportunity to review Project Veritas journalistic and attorney client privileged materials. In other words, they spied on him. Based on preliminary research data, the SDNY, the Southern District of New York, appears to be in possession of nearly 150,000 documents they should not have. Hmm, big surprise. In addition to the emails, the SDNY obtained over 1,000 contacts from journalists that they also failed to disclose to Judge Torres or to the special master. I'm wondering how they found all this out, right? Project Veritas motion seeks to require the Southern District of New York to comply with the special master order by stopping their review of the surreptitiously obtained, in other words, stolen emails and disclose other hidden spying campaigns executed against the nonprofit's journalists. The SDNY has launched a retributive, retributive? R-E-T-R-I-B, retribution, right? So retributive campaign that does violence to the First Amendment. While the special master litigation proceeded, the government apparently misled the courts by omission, failing to inform it, and failing to inform the aggrieved journalists that the government had already privileged emails from Project Veritas cloud computing provider. So they went to Microsoft, right? Let me explain this in English. There's a lot more to this article. So basically in English, the government went behind a judge's order they stole documents from Microsoft, made Microsoft shut up about it, you know, and they used stolen documents to spy on uh, Project Veritas. So I would say that the, the DOJ KGB has a long history of spying on uh, James O'Keefe, and this has been the work for years to get rid of him. And they finally decided, decided a way to do it. They just bribed all the, the board of directors, or they extorted them, or they threatened them with audits and investigations. I mean, the IRS is probably involved in this too, right? So if you're a government, it's not, it's not hard to scare people. You threaten them with an IRS audit. You threaten them with an FBI investigation. You threaten their kids and their friends. And you say, you know who your kids and friends are. 
you know, we, because they've already stolen your information off uh, from the cloud, from Microsoft, you know. So it's like they steal the information, then they go to the judge and say, we have proof. See, here it is. Well, how'd you get that? Well, you know, we stole it. But it's okay because it's proof. This is BS. <laughs> That's what this is. So, so now I've established a pattern just on these articles I found this morning before the show. Back to you, Pianchi. Well, magistrate judges uh, are right arm of the district judge, basically. So what's the magistrate? Is that like an administrative judge? I remember, I remember traffic court appearance years and years ago. Um, and they talked about uh, Mad- the judge. Mad- it was an administrative. It wasn't Mad- even a real judge. Go ahead. Well, they are somewhat as a real judge, but you can say they're not. But it had to be an act by Congress to allow them to exist. And they do they over jury selection. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're probably over the uh, circuit court judges, usually over the uh, grand jury. They can uh, set the terms of release and also detention. Uh, they can hear motions to suppress evidence. So, yeah, but they're yeah, not they, real uh, judges. They're not, how do they how, how do they get their position to do that? They're not real judges. Congress passed an act and allowed them to exist in the capacity that they are assigned. Oh, that, they are appointed. They need a point time or full time to know that. But uh, so they have. Uh, huh? Well, who are they accountable to then? They would have to be accountable to the to the circuit court judge. Hmm. Are you talking special masters or magistrates? See, there's a lot of it's, what they've done mm-hmm. is took a lot of load off of the district judge. The district court judges is what they do. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I should. I think I have to reconsider my initial objection. It sounds like as long as they're duly constituted and they're not taking cases on their own, they're not acting independently. If they're under the discretion and jurisdiction, under the authority of a, of a federally appointed, you know, properly appointed and confirmed judge, that's okay. That makes sense then. So because judges, like you say, don't have the time to do everything. So as long as they're acting in, in accordance with the orders and they're not taking independent cases on their own. That's okay. I don't have a problem with that. So I, I, maybe I didn't quite understand the concept of the, the magistrate or, or the, uh, you know, but I just remember administrative judges, like traffic uses it all the time because they don't care. You know, these judges are not real district, judges. You never would have enough of them. Like Chicago, for instance. Hell, you need two or 3,000 of them. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Anyway, the only other thing I have this morning. And tomorrow we've got, uh, we got a great day tomorrow. Jeff Childers is going to be here. He's one of the great lawyers of COVID. He's the one that got to Gainesville, Florida, to overturn the mask mandate. He was one of the first people to do that. So I want to talk to him about our bills. And I also want to see if he has a connection to the, uh, the National Trial Lawyers Association because I want them lobbying for our bills because they stand to gain billions, you know, just like big tobacco. And when people sue big tobacco, the lawyers may not like bandits, literally. <laughs> you know, so I, I would think that they would join us. In, so, so we get liability. You know, the people can then finally control these corporations uh, in terms of big pharma and big well, that's, tech. That's what you Lawyers make that's money. What you need to have yeah. yeah, you need to have Hell, they want to try to put liability on gun manufacturers and bullet manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, they are liable. As products, as consumer products, guns are completely liable. So in other words, if a gun doesn't fire when it's supposed to and somebody loses their life, when they've advertised this, this gun is safe and effective, 
<laughs> well, if it blows up in your like, hand. Yeah, if it blows up in your hand, if you drop it and it fires, you know, and uh, you know, hit somebody in the foot. <laughs> I, mean, I shouldn't talk about that. But, but the point is that guns have product liability. What they're trying to do is say the manufacturers are liable for how the guns are used, something they have no control over. You cannot have liability if you don't have control over whatever it is they're trying to give you liability for. That, that's just basic liability. So big tech, when they censor people, they're liable for that censorship, and they should be able to be sued for it. When big tobacco you know, comes out and says, these products, we've tested these products, and they're safe and effective. They're great cigarettes. They don't cause any harm. And they know that, and they have internal documents saying, yeah, these things cause cancer. You know, they're liable for that. You know, again, my favorite example, my local, if your local bakery or, or your local grocery store knowingly, well, here's a good one, Frappuccinos. You know, that uh, Starbucks has a problem with glass in their Frappuccino jars, so they're recalling a bunch of them. So if a store doesn't, you know, Frappuccinos off the shelf that they know potentially have glass in them because they want to sell them, they're liable for that. Your little grocery store is liable. So to, to think that Big Pharma, Pfizer is not liable for the, the unvaccine that they're forcing people to take? I think. Mm-hmm. I, think as, yeah, I think as soon as they get product liability on, on all those unvaccines, they will be off the market within a day. They'll be gone. They'll be the most enormous recall. Pfizer will make an announcement that they've discovered something, you know, something about the product that uh, isn't, they'll just find something innocuous. So just to be safe, we're going to recall all our product. Betcha, betcha. That's what I predict. Well, the COVID pandemic was one of the biggest scams. Mm-hmm. The tantamount yeah. to what Barnum and Billy talks about. Oh, suck a boy every day. Yeah, P.T. Barnum, yeah. yeah. The scariest thing, though, you know, the scariest thing to me was the, and, and Christy No mentioned this, governor of South Dakota, um, but we've talked about this for a couple of years, probably since you know, this, this all starts, this first mandate. The scariest thing to me is how quickly and how willing Americans were to believe something they had no proof of, that they've never questioned, that they would go along with and give up their own rights, just freely wearing a mask, isolating, not going out, doing all the things they were told to do, take the jab, how many people were willing to do that. That's how tyranny flourishes, by the willingly compliant. Most people don't know what the heck tyranny is. Yeah, they think... Some of the households that many of these people grew up in was tyranny in effect. Yeah, yeah. But you look at countries that never vaccinated. Um, was it Sweden or Norway? One of those two. I think Sweden. Sweden didn't give anybody a jab. There was no mandates in Sweden. They did just fine. <laughs> Compare that to Israel. In Ghana, they got gave out, uh-huh. in Ghana, they mandated vaccines until they ran the first shot, then they ran out. <laughs> so you got people showing up to get their shots. So, oh, well, we out. Yeah, and how are those people doing? How, how are those people now doing now who didn't get the shot? Are there any studies on that? I don't know. They probably gave water. <laughs> yeah, they're probably doing fine. Or saline, whatever it is. Here's, here's my last article. I've got this from Axios. And this is what we talked about a little bit earlier. It says exclusive McCarthy, that would be uh, Kevin McDeepstate, as I call him. Kevin McDeepstate gives Tucker Carlson access to trove of January 6th riot tape. Okay, so it's not a riot, folks. The only, it was a coup that took place under the Capitol. Let's get, the, let's get this straight. This is Mike Allen, A-L-L-E-N, author of Axios A.M., 
And who says, let me go past the highlights and get to the, oh, actually, it's all highlights. I just have to read the bullet points. That's all they have. Excuse me. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has given Fox News, Tucker Carlson, exclusive access to 41,000 hours of Capitol surveillance footage from January 6th. And this was his McCarthy sources tell him. So think about that. 41,000 hours. Is it indexed? (laughs) Can you you do it like an internet search? Can you go right to the key parts? Or do, do a whole bunch of people have to watch in other words, this is like when you request a document from the FBI and they give you five truckloads of documents and your one page that you want is somewhere in those five truckloads of documents. Is that this kind of situation? What do you think? Well, it sounds like a plan. But, you know, I've listened to that hearing and Which then one? one congressman, he's black from Texas, former football player say that the whole thing was nothing more than a joke. Oh, you're and talking I have about to January, ask myself, January 6th Democrat January hearing? 6th, yes. Okay, right. GOP okay. hearing. And, you know, listening at the testimony and the course of, of events and how they happened, mm-hmm. if the FBI had a release, Hunter Biden's laptop, where the public could know about it, and as further surveys have showed, well, then Biden would have been more so illegal. And then he's complaining about, as black Congress people do, they mm-hmm. want to uh, shame, not shame, but they want to denigrate the protesters because they're white and call them white supremacists and overthrow the government, well, that never would have happened if your other agency had done what they should have done. Hmm. That makes sense. I wonder sometimes if there is an inordinate pressure on on, uh, members of Congress who are black to represent black positions over the Constitution, especially Democrats. You know, are they responsible to their race and their ideology as opposed to the Constitution, which is what everybody in in Congress should be under? You know, it just seems to well, me no, that, they uh, stick yeah. to they stick to the plan that conditioned their constituents into the mindset and the ideology that they have that caused mm-hmm. them to vote for them in the first place. Yeah, yeah, that's too bad. But uh, that's you know that's the way it is. It you is know, too like bad. Yeah, you absolutely know, right. It's like the old saying, you know, uh, would, is Congress better off with more black members? Yes, if those members are more representative of the Constitution than other members. You know, it's like when they, people used to say, we'll get more women in Congress. Congress will be, you know, better and sweeter and nicer and more nurturing and all that kind of stuff. And look at the women in Congress, you know, uh, Nancy Pelosi, <laughs> you know, Dianne Feinstein, who, you know, uh, what's her name, uh, Elizabeth Warren, you know, uh, AOC, so, so uh, the squad, you know, these are not, you know, Sheila Jackson Lee. Um, what's her name? Who's the, the other one, the, the loud person? Said push back on them. Maxine Waters. Maxine Waters, yeah. So these are the women of Congress? Did they make Congress better? No. So women don't make Congress better. Only women who believe in the Constitution make Congress better. <laughs> you know, so this is why these, all these criteria are so hysterical. Because it just depends on who's there. Those people are collecting money. Yeah. They champion a condition that they do not want to end because if they end, people don't need them no more. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like 
when you when you listen to this hearing, then uh, you had this one woman, Riddell, from Virgin Islands. The first thing they want to jump on is some civil rights issues. Well, see, so that's what they have to and go they to. It's like, it's like the gun argument. They know what the Second Amendment says, but they have to find something else: racism, white supremacy, all this other nonsense. And people, a lot of people, are stupid enough to believe it. Hmm. Yeah, they sound do... like they want to take up for the FBI, but mm-hmm. about four, let's see, Jesus, six decades ago, they were well, actually longer than that. They was critical yep. in disdain of the FBI because of this COINTEL program. I just got some breaking news. So uh, um, Diane just texted me that uh, the Lloyd Brunson, the the Brunson uh, su- Supreme Court case, the courts denied it, as I, I kind of figured they would. I didn't think they were going to take up um, the oath of office as something that would be uh, a, a way to uh, you know evict members of Congress. So I'm not surprised at that. And we're, I'm going to talk to Lloyd um, and get him back on the show and say, hey, okay, this didn't work. Have I got an idea for you guys? See if we can get involved in our citizen legislation. But uh, that's that's my goal. Anyway, so, yeah, let me see what else we got here on, on this thing here. 41,000 hours. Isn't it interesting that the speaker has that much control over what should be public information? See, I don't even know how Nancy Pelosi got the power to not release that in the first place. Because there's certainly been enough freedom of information requests. How was she able to keep 41,000 hours of something that happened in a public building public government building, the Capitol building, and not release it. How was she able to do that? That's not her, that's not her private house. You know, on this, you know, on this denial, we it. need to know what the vote was. On which? On this Brunson case. What was the vote on the denial, or was it a panel that made the decision whether it should no, go it first? No, it the Supreme Court. Well, let's look it up right now. We've got a couple of minutes. I want to... Uh, I have I have a company outside, so I have to take care of something right away. So let's just look up uh, Supreme Court. Is Brunson? Nice Brunson case. Oh, it's right there. All right. Let's see if we get the right date on it because they they did it once before too. All right, the Hill, January 9th. No, no, no. Supreme Court reconsiders reinstate Trump. four days ago. It hasn't even out yet. Oh yeah, here we go. From Epic Times. Epic Times says, and it's not Epoch folks, it's Epic. Oh, wait a minute. They're going to make me get a subscription. I don't think I can do it. Uh, I need another source. Hang on. Here's, here's a little trick for you folks that are, that are uh, financially challenged. If you, if you put the title of an article from a, a site requiring a subscription, chances are somebody else has already republished it. <laughs> so that's how, that's how you get around that. Brunson case petition designed. Uh, here's this one from today from Call Me Stormy. .net. <laughs> so here we go. So this is uh, February 21st. This is, this is current. Call Me Stormy is the name of the website. That's hysterical. Uh, it says, Truth Rising TV reports the U.S. Supreme Court has denied a petition for a rehearing in the Richard, Re, excuse me, Raylan Brunson versus Alma Adams, who is the government lawsuit. Uh, despite the denial, Truth Rising says many options remain. Okay, we'll go there. Let me see if I can. Uh, it doesn't say where the vote is. It wouldn't be hard to find it. I'll have it tomorrow. Absolutely. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Because I'm going to talk about that probably with uh, Jeff Childers. What do you think it is? Well, it's that's another day. example of people trying uh-huh. to do things the right way. Yeah. And they are being denied because of nefarious reasons. Well, see, I don't think it was um, – I never thought this was the way to go. I mean, I loved having him on the show. 
But I had doubts about it simply because I never thought the court would hold the oath of office as, as a mandate to be able to remove people from office. Now, if they demonstrate bad behavior, that's different. So it's like a Supreme Court judge. If they, and that's right in the Constitution. If a Supreme Court judge exhibits bad behavior, they can be impeached and removed. That procedure is already there. I don't know how you remove um, you know, members of Congress you know, for violating their oath, because that's so interpreted. And I don't want that, because just this, for the same reason I don't want a military you know, dictatorship in this country, I don't want any administration having the ability or any Congress having the ability to remove judges that might actually be doing the right thing. All right, let me see. I don't see if I can get a vote for you. We're, we're out of time, and I'm going to have to go in a second here. Supreme Court, uh, let's see, maybe this, well, let's go right to the Supreme Court website. Maybe they have the, uh, okay, that's, that looks like it's old. October 24th. Okay. I don't have the results, and we don't have time to get them. <laughs> so we'll get them another time. Um, Pianki, that'll be it for today. Thank you, sir. We'll talk tomorrow. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. No, you take care. So, yeah, this is an interesting day. Uh, I play – well, i got a few more things to play, then, we'll, then I'll be off the air. But so back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Um, first hour is Wednesday. Uh, actually, um, nobody. <laughs> Normally, it's Bill Fecky and uh, Wendy uh, Arthur, but uh, both of them are off tomorrow. So first hour is open. Second hour is Jeff Childers. Third hour, I don't think I figured out the third hour yet. Maybe he'll stick around for a while. We'll see. 7 a.m. tomorrow, Central Time, we start. Uh, your website for here is blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. Our legislative website is writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E, writeyourlaws.com. Our, our contribution site, givesendgo.com slash action radio. That's givesendgo.com slash action radio. And where I'm putting all my articles right now, including a now seven-part series on education, is gregpenglis.substack.com. And I will see you all tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. We'll play a couple of announcements here, and I'll have a musical selection, and I'll be back tomorrow. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive, conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community.
Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stars Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stars Automotive. I go there. You should, too. 